P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. I guess I'm still Kyle Reinfried. I guess so. Yeah. You haven't changed. You haven't, no. You, maybe maybe you'll just be Kyle one day? Like, yeah. Like, like a one-name well, thing? Well, I've, I've done the whole, like, Kyle A. Reinfried, Kyle August Reinfried, K. August Reinfried, K. August Reinfried, all of a sudden I realized I was M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> so I K. ended that. Reinfried. So now I just, now I do, I, I mean, I always, like, sign things like Ray Kyle, Kyle A. Reinfried. Like the middle, supposedly, government document wise, it's better to have a middle initial in there. Good to know. Originality. Know so anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Continue. Well, we're always home. We're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk. Great Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. Yeah, he's he's the best, and he's got some great movies, and we're going to talk another great one today. Hoffman, Hoffman. It's not a movie that features him a lot in terms of dialogue. But he is on screen a lot. He's a presence. He's a presence. He plays Art Howe, a real-life person. Yeah, another real-life person. And the film, of course, is Moneyball, yeah. chosen by you, the Hoff fans out there. Fans of State in Maine? That's the other one that we had? Yeah, yeah. that was the other, yeah. Once it hit Moneyball, I was so just into it. Plus, baseball season start, started already. Like Baseball, baby. So it, it was perfect. It feels like it's our almost... Baseball opening day. Yes. For for PS, I love Hoffman. When was Mets opening day? I know Yankees was on Thursday. Thursday as well. And Mets, as we're recording this, you know, the day before this comes out, Mets are two and zero. Nice. Don't want to jinx it. Yankees are one on one, which sucks because the Orioles really suck, and they lost to the Orioles yesterday. Happens. First game I ever went to was against the Orioles, and they lost. So. <laughs> but you know, it's so early. Like Kyle, I know you know you're a Yankee fan, but you're more of a football fan, as you said. You're more of a Giants. Fan. Wearing a Giants hoodie as we speak, yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing a clueless T-shirt. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm I'm completely happy with everything the Giants are doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we won't we won't get into that, yeah. but. You know how it is. First game of the season is like the first month of the season in baseball. Yeah. So much overreaction. So much, oh my god. Like, if if you win at the beginning, everyone thinks you're the best team in the world. If you lose at the beginning, you know. Yeah. Worst Baseball's like theater. Like, the like the second act is when, you know. That's... Absolutely. And which is kind of the plot of the team today, the Oakland A's, in yeah. this exact film. And the, the thing that they say about baseball, which I love, is that you can't run the clock out. You know, you have to play at least the nine innings. Uh, One thing I wanted to touch on before we dive in, and and we'll dive in soon. Remember, guys, this is a rewatch that we're doing commentary on. So you either want to have your Moneyball DVD Blu-ray or streaming somewhere. And when we say go, that's when you press play. What do we have today? Blu-ray, DVD? Blu-ray. Nice. So you you owned it? That means you liked it? Oh, yeah. I love this movie. (laughs) We reference it a lot. The one thing I wanted to touch on before we dive dive into Moneyball here, and we'll do this, 
We'll have a chat about this more on our mid-month episode, yeah. but it was recently Amy Sedaris' birthday. Yes, yes, it was. And she was also on Mark Happy Maron's birthday. podcast. Yeah, Mark Maron's, yeah. Where she talked a lot about Philip Zimmer Hoffman, so if you want to do some homework, I usually assign homework on High School Slumber Party, but I'll assign some Philip Zimmer Hoffman homework here. Listen to that episode of that podcast. It's called WTF. Right? What the fuck? Yeah, I just know it as like Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah. I don't like think of it that way. Yes. <laughs> but uh, listen to her episode um, of that podcast because, like I said, we're going to talk about it more in our mid-month episode. Yes, definitely. Check it out. It's a f- fun episode. Uh, and uh, I mean, you know, Mark Maron's awesome. Amy Sedaris is awesome, and she shares some good stories about the big guy. Oh yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be uh, talking a lot of Hoffman today, despite. Maybe him not being the main character of this film. Yeah. Get some, we got a pretty lead actor in this movie of Mr. Brad Pitt, so... Do you think that you candy. are the chubby Brad Pitt? I, well, I, no. I mean... Have you ever compared yourself to Brad Pitt? Yeah, my hair, when I had my long hair. <laughs> to Brad Pitt when he had his Legends of the Fall hair. <laughs> so, yes. So you're kind of like the New Jersey Brad Pitt. Well, you were when you had the long when hair. When I had long hair. No longer. Now I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I am anymore. Well, That's really why I don't know if I'm Kyle Reinfried. True. You could be Kyle. You could be a symbol for all we know. I would, that'd be cool. A symbol. Maybe you would I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> would you, when you die, Yeah. when you die, <laughs> would you want to be turned into a food? Like foodie films? You know, maybe for maybe maybe for an animal. I don't know. Like, <laughs> not, not 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 people. I'm not soiling green. I'm trying uh, to think of you know what you could be best represented by. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Toss in the ocean, let something eat me. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, a nice at sea. Burial. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's start the movie. Uh, First pitch. You ready? First pitch. Yeah, Kyle Reinfried. <laughs> That's funny. (laughs) I'll count it down if you want. When we say go, yeah, 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 we're on the, we're on the. It's the again, just like last time, the burst of the uh, Columbia torch, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So So it should be as soon as you press play, we'll press play. Yeah, three, two, one, go. Opening. That Columbia lady. Yeah, Columbia lady. It's not the Statue of Liberty. I think I've said this before, because she doesn't have a book. Yeah. I said this last time that she looks like the girl from Boy Meets World, and then we had a whole Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Screen, yeah, okay. Did you end up looking at it? Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Long and hard. Whoa. No pun intended. (laughs) So I love, love baseball, a little bit of background, Mickey Mantle quote. You're a Mickey Mantle guy, because you like the HBO film, 61. Yes, Billy <laughs> Billy Crystal, HBO directed movie. But yeah, but, uh, Johnny Damon before he was a Yankee and before he was a Red Sox. Yeah. So I, you know, I love baseball and I love this book, Moneyball, Michael Lewis. It's probably my favorite book of all time. I was so excited when they started talking about doing this film. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was a Soderbergh picture. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Cinemakers when they covered all Soderbergh films. And this, is, this is something Brad Pitt really, really, really wanted to do. Yeah, this, this like some of our other favorite movies, like High Fidelity for John Cusack, and well, some other ones are escaping me right now. The <laughs> point being, it's a movie that like the actor was very passionate about. Yeah, because even when Soderbergh left, so and Soderbergh left because he wanted to do it more of um, 
I don't want to say documentary style, but he no, wants but like, to use real players. Yeah, like girlfriend experience style. Yeah. Like gritty and raw and with... And the studio is like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, right here. Yankees, A's, they're playing each other and it shows the crazy... Derek Jeter. The crazy uh, salary, like, marks there. That's there cool. are players why, why... who make $30 million today. Why? Why does baseball allow that versus, like, you know... Like football, where they, you know, then finally salary caps and yeah. stuff. Because football union is one of the weakest, and the baseball union is one of the strongest of all unions. Huh. They did a strike. They had a strike for an entire year, you know? Yeah. Baseball has no cap. Baseball, it's a guaranteed contract no matter what. You have to pay the entire thing out. Wow. Oh, Giuliani. Rudy, <laughs> but before he was crazy. <laughs> the one thing about baseball contracts is, though, the way they work. If you come up late, like from the minor leagues, you might not hit free agency till you're 29, 30. However, they have arbitration. Like if you're good, you will get paid 20, 30 million dollars forcibly by like a judge. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this is the one thing when we covered this on, like, P.S. I Love Hoffman. We had uh, the godfather himself, Joey Lewandowski, on, because he's a big uh, baseball fan. Yeah. And you guys, just like, I mean, Joey, he didn't, like, pick on me, but he was like, Kyle, do you? Like, he just, like, pointed out that I, like, yeah, I don't know. I watch, I, I mean, I watch sports for the same reason that I'm watching this right now, entertainment value. And so, I mean, some people could then, start like saying like oh you're a front runner you're only paying attention to your team when they're winning it's like well yeah i'm paying attention more when they're winning because that's more fun and entertaining (laughs) like when when the giants have had bad seasons or yankees have a bad seasons or devils have bad seasons yeah i start like tuning out especially uh you know i mean football where it's you know 16 episodes much more cinematic than like you said baseball so drawn out yeah um so i'm a mets fan so i know suffering very well i was born in 87 yeah, the last just eighty six. Oh, so po- <laughs> so poetic. Uh, but this is, of course, about the Oakland A's, and I feel like the Oakland A's are like the Mets of the San Francisco Bay Area, because certainly the Giants there, the baseball Giants, yes, are more yes. popular. You see great shots here of the Oakland Coliseum, which is notoriously one of the worst baseball stadiums. Mm-hmm. They still have not been able to secure a deal for a new stadium, so they're still playing there. It was outdated when this movie takes place. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, so this opened up, and it, what this was two thousand one, yeah. right? That's crazy. So the, yeah, the Yankees end up going up to the World Series that year, and I think they end up losing to the Marlins. No, they two thousand one. They, yeah. they lose to the Diamondbacks. Oh, I thought that was two thousand. Oh, two thousand three was, was Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, yeah, Diamondbacks was two thousand one. Knew it was one or the other. So I remember being, you know, I was a hardcore baseball fan at, at this point. Still am, but but definitely here. I remember these teams and not knowing what was going on there. We used to all, not like, like you know, kids. You know, as kids, we used to talk like, how are the A's winning even before this? Their roster is not that good. And that's a little bit of a, of a misnomer. And you talk about fact versus fiction mm-hmm. in this film. Uh, they make it seem like Billy Bean who Brad Pitt plays, they make it seem like he got this like Moneyball idea in this off-season. Yeah. But it had been something that they had been... been festering. For... Yeah, like doing little by little throughout the years. Yeah. This is just the year that the author just happened to 
write the book, and he mm. said he was going to see the A's for a year. Yeah. And it was because, how are they winning? Yeah, exactly. There was already some inspiration for the author. Um, I just look at, I mean, like, we've been seeing Brad Pitt on screen for a few minutes now, and I just love how the film opened up, and it just already depicts exactly what kind of guy he is, or at least the way, I mean, it's very much Billy Bean wasn't, like, happy, right, with the way Brad, the way he was portrayed. Really? No, I think Billy Bean was happy. I think it was Art Howe who was Oh, I'm happy. sorry, it was Art Howe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I just touched your knee when I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, Kyle, you're right. this is an audio podcast. Yeah, no one they didn't had to know. know no one had to know that. <laughs> but, but, but I shared it. Um, but, so, yeah. so this, I think this movie does a really, really good job. Yeah. And I said that fact and fiction thing for a reason. A lot of baseball purists, there's, like, there's a lot of people who don't like the numbers aspect of baseball. They didn't like this film because, oh, it's not a 100% true story. But what the film does, the book to an extent, but definitely the film, is take an incredibly numbers book, an incredibly complex story, and make it enjoyable for someone who necessarily doesn't like baseball. Yeah, they did a – well, also, and baseball is more entertaining, but I think they did a better job with this movie because – He's a more talented filmmaker than Anna McKay for The Big Short. But, I like The Big Short, but The Big Short is still very technical. Yes. This one brings it more to, more home. And I think maybe the Soderbergh film was going to be more like technical like that. Not in that style. Yeah, but, but yeah. certainly like more by the book. And, and look, he just having a conversation with the owner and saying, I need more money to win. The team that just beat me has a lot more money. And yeah. the owner saying no. Simple, easy. Anyone who's watching this gets okay. Yeah, and you, as as you were saying with Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean here, how much he cares, you know, it's so apparent how much he cares. Yeah, I I I mean, I love you know Brad Brad Pitt as an actor. He's but he like in and not even recent years because even all the way back with Twelve Monkeys and uh, True Romance, like great character actor. Uh, but like this is just such a great leading role for him, which we which we really don't see that much out of him anymore. Well, it's funny, right? You talk about people who have certain advantages. Let's be honest, Brad Pitt, very good looking guy. Yeah, I. He could have just been a heart throughout the rest of his life. Yes, I'm sure he got his early opportunities because he was a good looking guy. He's one of my favorite actors. But he's also really, really good, especially now. You can see through time how he's really worked on his craft. Just look at it, just his mannerisms in the scene. The way he like bites like his lower lip and like and not a, <laughs> but like yeah, he just like he he's really just ma- at this point mastered. Like, he's, I mean, he's, like, just like we talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman, just that can, you can, he expresses so much without saying anything. Yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman has just that much more of a distinct voice. But here we go. Here's the first scene with the scouts. Yeah, I love how they dress the scouts. They're so, you know, old school looking. And all these guys, except for one of them, are real scouts. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. The one guy. I guess that stayed with the Soderbergh thing, right? Yeah, exactly. That guy at the end in the shot right now with the tan sport coat yeah. and the glasses, he's, he, he's. Uh, I mean, actually we covered him on, he was in Fried Green Tomatoes on uh, Food okay. Films recently. And Wait, so you're telling me this guy's a scout, <clears throat> a close-up guy? Pretty sure, yeah. Because they have a great conversation later. He might be... Yeah, I, I would think, think he's probably an yeah. actor because they, they do the most interacting. The rest of the guys, great. Yeah. You know? Like the way they look. And this... As a book reader, I love this movie. You know how those people say, and 
Kyle, we make a joke that you and I both don't read a lot of books. So. I don't, yeah. I but, wish I did, but I just you know, get I was lost afraid, in the words. Because you hear so many people like, oh, I read the book, then I saw the movie, the book was better. Th- this movie, to me, was well, just like, as good as book. Yeah, Different? Well, yeah. Different because it's not a stat thing. Like, there's sure. pages and pages of stats. But they still they do a really good balance, and that's what movies have to do. Because, honestly, sometimes books are just, like, you know, they take, you know, four pages to describe something that you get in, you know... Sometimes 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, I love <laughs> this. Yeah, I love this. It's just he's hearing the same old, same old. Yeah. <laughs> I, and this really this opened up my eyes, and I mean this is this is well, this is this is one of those movies that I'm sure a lot of people watched, and then they're just like, I know baseball, like, <laughs> you, know, you know, like there's there's movies with it, like you'll watch the you know like like with some historical significance to us, like, and then you're just like, oh yeah, that's exactly how you know that's exactly how it went yeah. down, or just even this like. You know, just everything the scouts are saying, I still don't understand baseball, but it definitely it enlightened me a bit. Yeah, I, I think it does a great job at that. Now, I want to uh, correct some things that people, like criticisms of this film and of Moneyball, the book. It's not about finding, it's about exactly what he's going to say right here. It's an unfair game. How do you win the unfair game? <laughs> that's a that's a trailer line right there. Yeah, and look, it's not about it's not about well, in this they like on base percentage and walks and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff has been replaced by other stuff now, and not be, and that doesn't mean that they were wrong because even the A's are doing things differently today. Even Billy Bean's doing things differently today, and they're still winning with nobody players. Yeah. And it, so this is not about, like he says, you're the last dog at the bowl, runs the litter, he dies. How do you overcome that? Yes. It's not about finding the one thing. It's about being ahead of the curve and finding the next thing that people are overlooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I just love all the reactions from all yeah. these guys at the table. Yeah, supposedly I was reading, I, I didn't write down his name, but I think it's one of the older gentlemen on the from Brad Pitt's angle to the left side. One of them's like a longtime Kansas City Royals uh uh, scout. See, yeah, what, what he's saying though, like you can't play like the people with different resources. You have to be savvy, and it's—I think it's true in life. It's a... <laughs> see, great line, but the more I see it, the more I'm upset about it. it it's a small thing. He says, "Like we're looking for Fabio," yeah. and he goes, "Who's Fabio?" Yeah, like he's reading the line. Wouldn't you just be saying it the same way he said it? Well, I mean, possibly. I don't know accent difference. Like people say it all. Yeah, but like, that. But that would come from reading. You wouldn't know how it's spelled, you know. But now that you tell me that that's like a real scout, I can't blame him too much. He's yeah, not an actor. This, I think it does this so well because this is how the book works. Yeah, it, there's about three or four different lines in the book. Some are not here, but it's Billy today. Billy as a prospect. And then there's a lot of stuff on, on Bill James, who they talk about later. And Bill James is like the first guy to discover these ultimate statistics. Gotcha. And like you got a, a logo from my Mets here. You know, that's the yeah. team scouting Billy, who's going to draft Billy. So did you guys destroy Billy Bean? I, I would say <laughs> that the Mets are the reason Moneyball exists because of their mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least so technically, the Mets changed baseball forever. 
Well, that's true, too. But, you know, uh, in the narrative of this film, again, Billy Bean did not invent these statistics. No. He was the first person to implement it on a mass scale. Do you think someone else would have eventually? Yeah, because other people were starting to. Some of his acolytes or some of his peers yeah. had already gone to different teams. Oh, look at that racist logo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I have to imagine this is actually shot in the Indian's office. I don't know about that. Actually, one of the things I read was that... All... How do you get that logo? I mean, if that's good production value. Yeah, exactly. Someone, it's much cheaper to build that and put it in another hallway than fly fair, everyone fair. to Cleveland. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, supposedly... The eight other, I mean, obviously that wasn't, I mean, it's supposed to be a stadium, but it's the inside. I think they're also talking about the outside. But uh, the eight stadiums that we see in this movie, besides Fenway, uh, were shot in the Dodger Stadium and dressed to look like gotcha. the other stadiums. I mean, they don't really do, like, wide stadium, like, shots anyway, you know? No, I don't. I don't yeah, I only in so. Oakland. And, and again, like, any, like, ex- like, a, like established shot exterior, you can send, like, one of, like, you know, like, A crew, or, you know, like, B crew, C crew, like, to go there and get, you know, an exterior shot, and yeah. that's not ex- as expensive as flying the whole crew to film, you know, the so, seat and the actors to film there. So I, I was kind of confused about this, and I'm pretty sure in the book this conversation exists on the phone. Okay. But that's not as exciting, because, like, why yeah. would a GM fly to just have a little conversation like this? Uh, but it's it's prettier this way. That's Mark Shapiro, former GM of the Indians, obviously. I believe he's president of the Blue Jays now. Mm-hmm. And then we see our first shot of Jonah Hill, who plays a fictional character called Peter Brandt. Yeah. Who's mostly based on Paul DePodesta, who, former Dodgers GM, but he was Billy Bean's assistant. Um, Paul DePodesta very much was involved in the book and the film. But... They decided to combine a couple characters, and he said, "I'll help you all I want, all you want, but don't use my name because one, Paul I would demand Paul is a really skinny guy, and Jonah Hill's a bigger guy. Yeah. <laughs> Two, he didn't come from the Cleveland organization. Like all this is kind of fiction. Yeah, it's well, listen, guys, you're you're very lucky to have Brian explaining all this. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, this it doesn't is... really. Matter. I think it's better this way because it's not." I don't want a biography all the time. Okay, so it's very ironic, right? Because we discussed the Queen film before on various yes, podcasts. Yes, yes. And that, you and I both know the story, have seen so many documentaries, yeah. that we want more of the real thing. Yes. Well, because, I don't know, because, like you said, like this happened over like a phone call. Not exciting. This, well, like, I mean, not that this is like a breathtaking scene, but obviously much more just, you know, great to see these different characters like you know and and helping the story that he's seeing Peter Brandt whispering into people's ears and all of this so yeah like this this is fine for this story but when there's such a precise story of telling the story of Queen that has interesting stories like that you don't have to change how the band met cuz it's just as interesting <laughs> you know and but, and I think let's be honest Freddie Mercury and Queen to some extent before the film had gained legendary status. Yes. Most people aren't going to know Billy Bean going in. No. Aren't certainly going to know Paul DePodesta going in. So this is okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> they do such a great job with the camera work, with the following the eye lines and him coming up. This is one of Jonah Hill's standout roles that like took him from. Yeah, well, this this movie had so many Oscar nominations. Unfortunately, no wins. Very surprising, but um, yeah, this 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 uh, he was nominated Jonah Hill for best supporting, which actor. I think shocked a lot of people at the time. Yes, now maybe not so. Really, much. you know, super bad. <laughs> First job ever. Oh, sorry. Anywhere. <laughs> and like that was very different. They talk about how he, you know, he's an Ivy Leaguer. He's like studied economics. Yeah. Very common in baseball today for like front offices to be that way. But front offices used to just essentially be ex players. Yeah, exactly. And that makes yeah. more sense. You. you on paper, that would make sense, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, they still obviously do that, but then, it, you know, it's just, it's very interesting that, like, you know, to see this, the players, you know, that will then go and work for either the team that they were always with or, you know, yeah. work for another ball club or, I mean, in, in all sports, or you see the guys that become, you know, the announcers or the guys that end up, coaching or you know or the guys you know then you just have your Michael Story hands that just do everything and yeah <laughs> that's, that's very just... rare <laughs> I, I just want to correct something I said earlier like Paul DePodesta did work for the Indians at one point but it was like 96 97 you're lucky I was gonna fact check that, so <laughs> no and he had already been there for a fair amount of time when Moneyball started. Gotcha. He wasn't like the boy wonder he just picked out in that off season yeah, to that, change everything. Again, like I mean and the fact that 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 he said like listen yeah, do what you want, don't use my name, like he even understood. He, he said he would help him. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't like wasn't like fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah, Jonah Hill. This is when he was still like I don't know, now I watch, like, Jonah Hill, and I just get, like, some arrogance from him. <laughs> but this is just, this is just chubby, innocent He's, he's still Jonah. trying to prove himself. Yeah. He's like, I'm not just, as we said, the super bad guy. Yeah. Super bad, a film you guest starred on on my podcast, High School Slumber Party. Very true, yeah. With this our is... high school friend. Wesley. And, and jaded Vina. person. J- Wesley Vina. <laughs> it's just like the Aerosmith song, Jaded. Yeah, one of the silver pants. Yes, <laughs> and I love how it intersperses these like actual clips. Over oh the yeah, that's game. yeah exactly. I wonder if Soderbergh and Bennett Miller talked. You know, wonder, like there's Soderbergh sometimes seems like a kind of guy who would be like, yeah, let me, let's talk about it. Yeah, like you, you know, there's that, or you know, or obvi- or maybe at least you know the studio own that screenplay, maybe Ben Miller just read it, but again, Soderbergh Oh, I know seems, he had access to it. Yeah, so Soderbergh, you know, again, seems like an open guy. And Apparently he wasn't, he wasn't even that pissed off. He's like, you know, if I can't do it that way, let someone else do it. Yeah. I don't know, I wasn't there, but that's what, like, I, I followed this production a lot. We actually haven't mentioned Bennett Miller too much today, and I think yeah. we should remind our Hoff fans out there that Bennett Miller and Philip Seymour Hoffman are childhood Friends, they went yes. to theater camp together. Theater camp, and along with Dan Futterman. Yes, not a part of this. No, uh, he. I mean, maybe he 
did a draft or something. I don't oh, know. I don't, no, <laughs> I think no. The two big. I mean, it was Steve Zalian, mm. which is should ring some bells, but uh, wrote you know Gangs of New York, Schindler's List, American Gangsters, just a couple of small movies there. And uh, then you know, then they had A. A. Ron Sorkin come in oh, and Sorkin, uh, I totally forgot. And, cl- and clean it, clean it up. But Sorkin said. No, keep like Steve's name. Like he just, you know, not... he just zipped the lines. We'll yes, say. <laughs> and probably, yeah, just like, like you said. I mean, this is a movie, so they they ended up changing that scene that was maybe just a phone call in the book. But talk about like, you know, I mean, Aaron Sorkin, obviously, plenty of credits to his name. But I always think of the Social Network and how he made like coding and talking about that yeah. like have entertainment value yeah and so that helps for a movie that there's just a lot of explanation and also bringing in to you know the world of baseball that like inside thinking and explanation of it absolutely like the scouts and this the, the, what these guys are explaining right now and see i think to a hardcore baseball fan this conversation is a little bit more absurd because, okay, these are scouts from the Mets, they want to sign him, and the mom ends up asking, like, oh, but he has a scholarship to Stanford, can he still go? Yeah. They definitely would have known that, you know. But it's good for us to know. Yeah, they, yeah. she has to say that because we have to know yeah. what's on the line here for because, character Billy. This, like, I mean, the last movie we covered, Ides of March, uh, that, we said, is just, you know, such a, you know, Greek tragedy mm-hmm. Uh, this to me is on the same scale of just like it's just to me this is just one of the, like the more like tragic stories. Yeah, because like the, what he couldn't get in baseball playing, he wants to get in baseball running a team. Yeah, and I love that line. Like, yeah, you know, this is a, this is the kids' game. Where we're all told like when we can stop, when we have to stop playing. For some of it's eighteen, for some of it's forty. They're really like pumping him up. And he, on paper, he does have all the tools to succeed. Do you know where Mount Carmel is? I believe California. I think he's from California. Ooh, Plato. <laughs> That's totally one thing. That I really doubt Paul DePodesta had had a thing of Plato in his yeah. room. It just, oh, he's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love. I love their their phone conversations in this film. I love all their conversations, yeah. but I love just Billy like being up late. Yeah, he's a workaholic. Yeah. He's obsessed with making this team great. And it's but he's not like a bad guy. It's even it's beyond work, you know? Yeah. True. It's like a passion. Yeah. I mean, it's his life. Like definitely I mean they don't get into this and we haven't met his family yet, but I mean he has a daughter. Oh, I can't wait for that thing. But like but point being, like you know, you could definitely see, and you, you just, or just, you just understand. Oh, this guy puts everything into this, and not that he's a bad dad, but that's why his like yeah. marriage didn't work. Yeah, like you, you just, you just get that. I love it, and he just has what sunflower seeds, or and he's <laughs> just, even the scene at Cleveland, like he's just picking away at like the yeah. like. You should get you should you're you're on the same level. You have the very much you're you're a grazer. I'm not a big sunflower seed guy. No, but I'm just saying like the constantly. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. little I little, am, little snack. I am a snack guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't like the work of sunflower seeds. I also don't like like spitting something out. I love this. Yeah. 
Jason Giambi went to the Yankees that offseason. Johnny Damon went to the Red Sox that offseason. This I also want to say again. I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll say it a few more times, but I've mentioned that I'm enjoying the cinematography. But this is a movie where, I mean, cinematography, it's not just about the camera angles, but the lighting in this movie is amazing. Like, that's, I'm not going to get too technical about what they're doing, but I really, I truly love the way this movie is lit, and it just makes the cinematography pop, and I love the oh, yeah. colors, and I love, like, Especially, that. Baseball is about colors, right? Like, yeah. the green of the grass. The A's have such great colors for, like, in terms of, like, distinction between, like, that uh, hunter green. Yeah. And that uh, yellow that just pops. Taxi cab yellow. No, it's a little more lighter than taxi. I don't know. I don't know what their yellow is called. Red, like Kelly my mother's Green. marinara. Sorry, <laughs> Bobby De Niro. Uh, I, I love, I love this right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like that's something, something like a really nervous person would do. Yeah. And it just, it just adheres to. Just their relationship and what, you know... I mean, the uh, the character development in this movie is fantastic. Okay, so there are little cute things it does to, like, high-five the book readers. Mm-hmm. Like, little things that you won't... Exp- you wouldn't... And I'll point them out when they happen. I just leave it off the way he's holding the baseball. Like, little things they point out that are huge chapters in the book huh. that they just give a little nod to. And, like, a lot of them happen in the, in the room, uh, his video room. I love, like, Billy trying to keep up at some points. Because he's, Billy Bean's considered the godfather of the stats movement, but ultimately he was a player. He wasn't yeah. a Harvard guy himself. Um, he credits a lot his mentor, the GM who gave him a chance, Sandy Alderson, who later became GM of the Mets. But he was GM of the A's when they won the World Series in the early 90s, and it was a very different type of team. Than this, but Billy basically said to him, "Hey, it's obviously not working out for me as a player. Can you give me a job as something?" And Sandy let him be a scout. And eventually, when Sandy moved on and retired at the time, you know, he lived yeah. after jobs. Billy ended up taking over for him. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, there, Billy being clearly is talented. I mean, you almost look at it like it's because I know more about football but you look at like everyone loves Tony Romo as an announcer now because of like the insight that he's giving yeah. and you just look at his career and while like I mean he had some great years it always seemed to be like when he was had a great year as a quarterback the defense wasn't doing well mm-hmm. and vice versa and he got injured often and you just look at it and it's like clearly he's a smart and passionate and you know like yeah. just a guy that just didn't never got that year and that's what I, I at least I'm trying to yeah. associate with, like Billy. And Bean. towards the end, you know, not a spoiler. If guys, if this is the first time you're watching Moneyball. You're watching with our voices. Don't just watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Watch the movie. Yeah. But um, you know, in the end, when he t- says no to the Red Sox job, it's it's pretty much understood that Billy Bean could have almost any job he wants for more money. I know. I hate him so much at the end for that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has stayed with the A's till this day. It's pretty crazy that they like have kept him this long. Well, he's, he wins with the almost lowest payrolls. Yeah. And he has, like, a couple bad, you know, he'll have, like, two or three bad seasons, and then they'll be back in the playoffs. 
like they were last year and the year before, with guys you're like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Maybe he, is he... Also, also, I believe he has a little bit of an ownership stake now. Oh, okay. Like, in lieu of giving him a contract, maybe the Red Sox and the Yankees. Not that the Yankees were in the market, but the Cubs were certainly in the market for him. Okay. You know, big market teams that they're like, hey, we can't give you that, but here's like a 5% ownership. Mm-hmm. Then th- that team is still, the biggest thing they're fighting for is to get a new stadium in Oakland. Yeah. How many stadiums have you been to? I have not. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Now, as you alluded to, Art Howe is not happy with his performance, but Art Howe was manager of the Mets too, and Art Howe's an ornery fellow, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I just love it. Going in for the meeting with the scouts. Also, Hoffman said that he didn't base his performance off or how he read the book and read the script and thought of how he yeah would would be, yeah, yeah exactly which is fine and and you know I can like Hoffman's a bigger guy than Art How that has to hurt Art yeah Howe they even bit. like they definitely don't do anything to hide Hoffman's like at this time like being like overweight yeah. Like it's the like I mean not to get into fashion, but rule number one: you don't if you're a bigger person, you don't wear horizontal stripes. <laughs> Certainly not the, ones the that tuck, look like that. And, as well. Yeah, and then the tucked in polo, like it's just very <laughs> like his gut is very present. Yeah. And but I just love just look. These are just two at this point veteran actors. Just like it's like a fucking ping pong table, <laughs> just like. You know, just back and forth. I would just be honored if I was Art Howe, if Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to play yeah, me. Well, do you really think that Art Howe, like, knew? <laughs> I don't know. No offense, Art Howe, if you're listening. But thank you for listening. Now, uh, this was actually at the time when the A's would, like, put these seasons and get to the playoffs. Yeah. And develop these players. Because, look, they got they had Giambi. They didn't sign him, though. Mm-hmm. It was Jermaine Dye. I think they traded for Jermaine Dye because he was on the, the Royals. But Isringhausen, they Stole from the Mets and made good. Yeah. Um, all, all these good players they had, and the, one of the biggest criticisms of the film is they don't touch on the pitching staff, which was yeah. amazing. Barry Zito, Mark Mulder. Uh, who is the third guy now? I'm missing him. I'll, I'll figure it out. But they had a great pitching staff that they developed, and people were like, wow, this must be Art Howe who's doing this. Mm-hmm. Art Howe must be the best manager. Yeah, in they baseball. get into that. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, how does he keep winning with this, you know? Not garbage, but he keeps developing these young players. Mm-hmm. And there's another actor in this in this scene now that we didn't see before, but he's uh, in. Um, I think since this room is more filled, they definitely have more, you know, actors in it now. But the guy in the red polo or red red shirt, he's he's been in other movies. He was in The Fighter mm. with uh, Mark Wahlberg and very Irish looking guy. The other pitcher I missed was Tim Hudson, by the way. And so the biggest criticism of this film on baseball fans, old school baseball fans, is that they're like, oh, they act like they won on these numbers, but it was really that pitching staff. No one said it wasn't the pitching staff here. Do you hear any mention of the pitching staff in this entire film? It's about getting those runs that they yeah. lost, yeah. which they're bringing up here. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it make so much sense, right? They're like, we don't need to replace Giambi. We need to just equal Get, yeah. the amount yeah. that we had before. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's again, it's just a good scene that's simplifying what we need to know. Yeah. Because obviously there's, like, more 
I mean, there's an equation for it. So right, right away, it's just I, I love everything he does. The fact that that that's just such a specific decision to take the cap off with your mouth and then spit it onto the table. There's so many. I don't just. I mean, especially watching this movie. I mean, this is probably the first time I watched it since we watched it for P.S. Oh, wow. Hoffman. Um, now, so they just mentioned Jeremy Giambi, Jason's brother, and yes. he's going to be one of the replacements. What's funny is they act like they're acquiring him. In real life, he's already on the team. Oh, and he was okay. actually seen in the earlier, uh, the, fam- the famous play, the flip play, yeah. the Jeter one. Um, it, you know, a fluke that they, the Yankees won that game. I mean, it wasn't a fluke because it was a great play by Jeter, but it was barely the A's would have beaten the Yankees. Yeah. Um, he's actually the one who hit the ball in that play, <laughs> or something along the lines. Like, I know he was involved oh, okay. in that play. But it's still, whatever, it it's, doesn't kill the movie. Yeah. Who cares about Jeremy Giambi? Party boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think you meant before when he was like... Yeah, he's like, is that... When I point at you, yeah. you say... <laughs> I mean, and I get the scout's point of view, too. If you bring in, like, a young buck after you've been doing this thing for 30 years, and he's just, like, telling you how to do your job, you'd be pissed off, too. Yeah, like, also, like, this mystery, just, like, you feel... Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's... I totally... uh, I think it happens in every industry, you know? Yeah. Just... That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) You guys just could be hearing... This is, uh... I mean, this really is a movie that... I mean, when this came out, it did it did reinvigorate. I mean, it was what two two years before this movie came out was the last time the Yankees won the World Series. Um, but yeah, it just it just made me kind of have like a bit more passion for baseball. Again, what year did this it, movie come out? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Okay. So yeah, ten years since the Yankees have won. What a long, right? This is such a. For the Long Yankees. Trout, yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, this book changed almost every industry. You know, in terms of just the outlook on things. Yeah. Like, you know, you're... Don't I, go could, for the, I could see that, yeah. Find... F- the flaw might not be an actual flaw. You know, they, they brought up yeah, there's always, Bradford, who was through underhand, but he still was good. And yeah, there's always, there's, I mean, there's a really good message behind it all, too, which is the ironic part. I mean, we haven't gotten to it yet, but like, I mean, they, they say, they say the Island of Misfit Toys, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so Chris Pratt, who, we, you know, I haven't met yet in the film, um, he was told by... I think I said this back when we recorded the episode, but that he was too heavy to play that character. That's funny. So it's just like, uh, it's just funny <laughs> that in this, then in the Hollywood world. Well, I think that it's, I think you you hit on a really good point. I think that Hollywood should really take a lot of lessons from Moneyball when it comes to, yeah, even oh, with making movies. Some of the biggest hypocrites in the world. Wouldn't you say, I know you're not, in, like, I know you work in film and stuff, but not 
in on the Hollywood level. No. Wouldn't you say that there is so much waste on a film? Oh, here set? we go. Speaking of, uh, of so much, yeah. The big, the, I mean, oh, God, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into like political and union talk and stuff like that. But no, like, no, but even that aside, like in terms of just, like there, there are a lot of positions of people who just stand around. And I know you said yes. It's just, it. it's just, it, it is one of those industries that is the 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 cliche of the line hurry up and wait because it's just there's a lot to do in like a little time and then you have this huge span of time where you just have to sit around but it's like it's almost not on the level of importance but like you're waiting in the er for an emergency to come in and then, then it's then it's no. go time, and that's kind of how working on films is because everyone, except for like when they're filming, the, the I mean, there's still a lot of people that are working right now. Forget the actors, but you know, between your director, your camera operator, your, you know, uh, assistant camera, your DP, your you know, gaffers paying attention to the lighting, but all of you know those long credits that you see at the end of the film. All those people are standing by. The makeup artist is standing by. The best boy is standing by. And then when they have to change, because they're filming all of Chris Pratt's shots, and then they're redoing it and filming all these shots, and they have to change the lighting because that side of the yeah, room isn't yeah. lit when that side is. So it's just, it's just one of those. If they could save money, they would. So by having too many people, they, they don't like you know movies don't want to have a large crew or something like that because that just means paying that many more people. But there just isn't there hasn't been a way to perfect it yet. But there by by all means there still is like a lot of wasting. But to get back to the whole, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure there are ways. A lot of people have said that potentially they make movies with this kind of structure and so. Inaccessibles that there, so there are less than them. Yeah. If you think about how many podcasts there are, six hundred sixty thousand podcasts out there, how can anyone actually? Thank you guys for listening today. Yes. But how can anyone actually like break out? Yeah. You know, and be something unless you're something before. And I, I think something that's something Hollywood fights. Well, they're they're creatures of habit, which is definitely what this movie shows like creatures of habit for baseball. And that's just, I mean, again, that's something that like kind of every industry has, uh, but let's just also right now look at the, you know, the the portrait in the background. Yeah. The young Chris Pratt, really not much. With the soul patch. With the soul patch. As Scott Hatterberg. As Scott Hatterberg. And this was one of, they're not exaggerating. This was one of the most curious things that was happening. Um, people like b- the baseball press were like, why the hell did the A's just sign the Red Sox backup catcher? Not even talking about his arm. Like, it, you know, they got there in like the stroke of midnight to sign this guy. Yeah. Even he's surprised, which I love. I think he plays great as Scott Hatterberg. I mean, I even forgot, by the way, that Robin Wright was in this film. Yeah, plays, uh, his wife, or ex-wife, ex-wife, yeah. ex-wife, ex-wife, and one of just the best cameos, and just such an awkward person, director, Spike Jones. What a California home. Yes. <laughs> I, I want to even say, like, Northern California. Yeah, yeah, you know. Northern California home. Actually, no, this might be, no, I, I don't know. Actually, yeah. Because the daughter flies. No, it doesn't matter. But I'd love to look it, at this right now. Spike Jones, director... 
And just um, for those who maybe are not familiar with Spike Jones, Kyle, like what is he famous for directing? Um, okay, uh, adaptation. Uh, you know. Um, okay, oh, <laughs> right now. Um, Did you her? Her. Um, oh God, why am I blanking on the John uh, Cusack? Uh, uh, being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Thank you. <laughs> uh, where the wild things are. Yeah. And then just, I mean, famous music video director. Um, this is funny. This is a time, I think, Jamboni. <laughs> it's glee. I love the, look at the, 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 yeah. So, like, she just married such a different guy. She went, it didn't work with that the guy. The jock. Yeah, it didn't work with the jock. Let me go with that guy. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not trying to, maybe. Do you I, notice see their portrait in yeah. the background? And they're both wearing white. Yeah. A really, really good. What set a fun, what a fun photo shoot day that probably was. <laughs> I love, yeah, and just a great cell phone for twelve-year-old. I think, so I, th- I think Wolf of Wall Street came out two, two years after this with Jonah Hill's in, and uh, Spike Jones has. Uh, a small role in that movie too, where I actually got to meet him because they they were filming the town over from, uh, like right where we grew up. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And uh, he he was just a really cool guy. Actually, it was Wes that uh, was there and was like, I think that's Spike Jones because we know that he was in the movie. No, yeah. Uh, and we were like, why would Spike Jones be here? And he's like, yeah, I'm in a small like role in this. And, <laughs> and, and he's just that's cool. Yeah, and here we, we get to meet his daughter. Yeah, I love the father daughter dynamic here. Yeah, uh, just back to um, Pratt and Hatterberg for a while. I mean, for a little bit. I really, really enjoy the entire that entire arc in the film. It's one of the better ones of like the players mm-hmm. they focus on, and it's a big one in the book. So I think they do a really really good job of that and it's one of these breakout Chris Pratt roles that once he got on Parks and Rec and stuff and then started like moving up here and there you would yeah. like look like okay yeah so I mean what when they were filming this there was probably only like two seasons of uh yeah of Parks and Rec that. at that point I think Parks and Rec ended in 2014 15 mm, so maybe so and there was like seven seasons of that yeah no so it would be but like this is when he was doing things like that this is obviously before Guardians but yes uh you have like Zero Dark Thirty as well like, yeah we're not Bin Laden <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah I love their relationship I do, but and I always say that, and then I think, oh, I think I'd make a good divorced father, and then I really think about that, <laughs> and like that's really dark. Because because their relationship is built on his yearning to be with her, you know. Yeah, and and he he's known like the balance of time that he spends on the baseball. His whole life is baseball and her. Yeah, and that's it. We don't see him dating other people in the film, or I'm sure he's since. I think Billy Bean's since remarried and stuff like that. But for, yeah. for the sake of the character, Billy Bean. A song that becomes... Yeah, plays I love that later on. scene later. And yeah. it's funny because, if I, if I forget to mention it, people... Oh, classic old Mets uniform. With would you get that? Racing shirt. I would. I definitely would get that jersey. Um, oh, that song. Obviously, that's... I forgot who actually wrote the song, but it's like a famous song. Mm-hmm. But one of the most Googled questions to this film is, did Billy Bean's daughter really write that song? <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Yes, she did, to answer <laughs> your question. 
Um, See, I don't think broadcasters would ever say that. Like, he turned down a scholarship to go to Stanford. No, and but now they're, he sucks. Playing, they're playing <laughs> the, the chorus right now. Yes. Oh, what a nice, sexy Mets uniform. <laughs> the only thing I don't like, and this was. So, what, what years was he on the Mets? Do you know? Uh, like late 80s. Or, oh, no, no, sorry. Mid 80s. Mid 80s. So, was, he wasn't on the 86 team? No, they had traded him, like, right before. Oh, God. It's also, God. he wasn't consistently on the team. He was like. Oh. I like that we got to see Strawberry Jersey. Tidewater Tides. Yeah. That's minor league affiliate at the time in Norfolk. I love that hat. Yeah, that's uh Yeah, Toledo Mud Hen. So this is after he was traded. So he's like bouncing around and he's on the twins. Eighty seven. Good year. <laughs> yeah, no, um They got a good he's a good look Brad Pitt, you know, younger. Yeah, you believe it. But uh yeah, he um they always talked about him and Strawberry were drafted like around the same time together, uh-huh. going to come up together, and then Lenny Dykstra, who's a D-bag in real life, let's be honest, but Lenny Dykstra was like a nobody who beat out Billy Bean for that position on the World Series team by just like on like guile and, and working uh, hard, yeah. and eventually, eventually when we went to the Phillies, he did steroids. Yeah. So, so now we see Bean... Yeah. We see Bean... For the, A's. Uh, for the A's, yeah. Okay, this is one of those nods I told you about in the book. Yeah. The, the book devotes a lot of time to Kevin Euclid, who ends up, I don't even think at the time, I guess, at, yeah, at the time he was on the Red Sox, but at the time of the book, he wasn't quite, like, an everyday player on the Red Sox, and he had some great seasons with the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, he was on uh, at least one of the, yeah, think, uh, one of the World Series one of the World Series teams. I remember him, I remember watching, he definitely had a few, played a few games where, you know, Red Sox versus Yankees and had some great games, and I just, I fucking hated him. Well, the only two organizations that saw anything in him were the Red Sox and the A's. And uh, DePodesta in the book and Brant here loves him, and he calls him the Greek god of walks because the guy could, like, walk just, yeah. like nobody's business. Uh, <laughs> see, and there's things deleted from the book that are fine. Yeah. I wish I was. Uh, I worked in sports because then I they just get to wear such comfy looking clothes. <laughs> like if I just I, just work in like the Silicon yeah. Valley and code, they seemed like they. Were I guess comfy. so. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like sports and like like or you can dress like that if you're like in the mob or something. Yeah, the mob. Like, yeah. So so in the book, there's this, and we're, this is where uh, I believe this guy's name is Grady. He gets yeah. fired. Uh, yeah, I love like he. Th- this is. Like this conversation, really. I mean, it's just the the boiling point of, like you said, like the older, the veteran, old and just school, yeah. old school getting so frustrated by, you know, the like what he, you know, like thinks of like you know Jonah Hill's like the little shit, you know, like the uh-huh. like, and Billy Bean thinking that you know he can, yeah, exactly, had changing 150 years. <laughs> Now, I really doubt he said that. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, people, when they're mad, they, 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 people go for the jugular, and that's definitely, I love, okay, my turn. Oh, so perfect. I believe in real life, this guy ended up working for Billy Bean again, like, five or six years later. They well, makes, things up. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you just, you know, eat crow, and you realize, oh, there is... There were changes to be made. And I think Billy, too, probably, like, 
Yeah. We can't 100% shoe off old school scouting. No, there's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, I mean, it's you a good, know, it's we, a nice marriage of both. Yes, you can't live in a world of extremes. That's just, you know, that, again, there's, I don't know, this is a great movie that just everything applies to, like, so many, so much shit in the world. And this is, you know, two people that, you know, you could take the same story that's happening, that's the same dialogue that's happening between these two guys. It's a little physical. Yeah. And make it about, yeah, Did we you got notice, yeah. PSH in the background, kind of. And that's what makes Philip Seymour Hoffman so good. He's yeah. not like... Oh, and they made him wear a red shirt on purpose there to pop in the background, you know? He's just... Yeah, there's so many moments here where he's not talking. And I like how he, he promotes this Kabuta guy. Who, he, like, you never play baseball? Good, you're the new head scout. <laughs> <laughs> I love this uh, monitor. I'm going to call it Video Village because that's what they call it in uh, the production world. When you're now, um, oh, I was going to mention. So in the book, there's a, one of the main people, like Chad Bradford and Scott Hatterberg. Yeah, is this catcher named Jeremy Brown? Who Jeremy Brown is like super overweight, but the A's take him anyway. Like the catcher from Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, he's like that size. Yeah. The A's take him anyway because he like walks a lot, and he can, you know, get on base, and they think they can get something out of him, and he's deleted from the film, and funny, I know the reason why, because he's one of the people that they were kind of wrong about that, like, never made it. Yeah, so for, exactly. You know, you can't be like, we're wrong, too. Oh, we get, the, again, the, the chorus of the, the... They do a good job of, you know, getting to use announcers for exposition. Yeah. We didn't bring up David is... Justice, former Yankee, former Brave, who essentially the Yankee is paying half of his contract not to be on the team. Um, yeah, which they... which is which plays into a great line of dialogue later. Yeah. And they think they could get something out of him. Oh, so cool! I, yeah. I, you know, I would love oh, just like that we get yeah, the old A spring training hat. I just and I, I love, I love baseball movies. I mean, I love sport movies, but this is just such a great baseball movie. Quite possibly the best baseball movie. It's Which, really, do one you of the have, best sports films. What do you? Well, this is yes, this is my favorite baseball movie because this is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, but I like baseball movies, Bull Durham, Major League. You're not a big Field of Dreams person. No, I mean, I don't hate Field of Dreams. You also just don't feel it's a lot about baseball, right? It's, it's really not a baseball film, you know. This is... This is a baseball uh, film. As far... Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Field of Dreams is like, let's go find a poet for half the movie, you know. But it's James Earl Jones. I know, and that's fine. <laughs> it's a good movie. But it, that's what... Field of Dreams... They don't play, like, games in Field of Field, Dreams. Field of Dreams is about the line later that Billy says just like, oh, you know, like, it's the most romantic sport. Take that line yeah. and then make a movie about it, it's Field of Dreams. And just like, uh, but this is the first uh, I think it was sport movie, but definitely baseball movie that was nominated for Best Picture since Field of Dreams. Oh, wow. It was like a 22-year gap. Now, I was going to say before that I really like that A's spring training hat. Yeah, It's an elephant with sunglasses in a sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Pretty random. That's that's athletic. Yeah. Now, the A's originally were in Philadelphia as the Philadelphia Athletics, your favorite city. Yes. Then they moved to Kansas City. Then they moved to Oakland. 
Um, but they have the elephant as their logo. <laughs> I love that part. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, this, is a, <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> Look at Jonah Hill's face. <laughs> I would feel the same way. Yeah. But also at the same time, like, since this is now technically his second job ever, like, and you have a degree, like, while while you do want it to work and no one, like, wants to get fired necessarily. Way, this is kind of bullshit. They only have David Justice up there. Yeah. They would put some other player, yeah. you know, just to... They, first of all, they have Miguel Tejada, who becomes an MVP at some point. <laughs> Welcome to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where he has to pay for the soda. But they have Miguel Tejada, they have Barry Zito. They do have other stars on the team. Like, yeah. that That's for the narrative of the film. But you were saying that it's his second year. Um, or his second organization. Yeah, so it just like, I mean, and, and he went to, again, what was it, Yale or, you know, an Ivy yeah. League school. Like, he's fine. Like, if he got fired, he's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> but this guy does a good job as a. Yeah, he does. Oh, I was going to say the elephant is like the alternate logo or the side patch logo of the A's because in Philadelphia they had a really expensive team one year and they they said that it was oh this is your white elephant you're not going to be able to do anything with it and then that carried on though they replaced it with the mule for a couple of years huh. in the 70s which I think is weird I, I know there's definitely some days that we're just messaging back and forth and we send obscure I mean you by far know more but like I'll then I'll see like a random team and you know of it but I'm like oh I love that design like or that like mascot or that logo for like you know a triple A ball club or like yeah or hockey teams that don't exist anymore or when they were in another city <laughs> and uh just like fun names or fun logos and but that's a pretty good one for talking obviously podcast it's like you and then like to me like then like bill burr that just he knows so much about sports like listening to his you know like podcast he just knows so much of like that whole like you said like oh they're in philadelphia then kansas city like of that stuff it's just amazing to me how people you know it's also very useless (laughs) it doesn't but no but it's okay useless but but you, but you, that's how much you love the game. Like I always Fair. say, like I have such like, when it comes to sports, I, out of any, any fan of anything you, I have the most respect for because it's just like, you're like, yeah, Mets, like that's my team. And that like, and while you enjoy watching all other sports, like by like, not that baseball is the, the only sport that no, you no. have. That's like, number one. That's, but that's your number one. But I mean, like you don't, Besides, like, New York teams, you don't necessarily have an allegiance to hockey or football. I would say basketball yeah. with the Knicks. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a big Knicks fan. But still, like, the it, they, they don't, they don't... I, I kind of like to ignore the Knicks because they hurt a lot. I would say of all teams that hurt the second most, the Knicks would be the second most, like, that I follow. I follow the Knicks daily. I don't talk about it because... <laughs> yeah, just, they've been really bad. This no, is this is a trailer shot right here. Yeah, certainly the Knicks are number two, but no, but you're right. I don't. I'm not like, oh, let me latch onto this team and then yeah. become. The Mets are number one. Yeah. Like my entire outlook on life and my entire life will change if and when they win the World Series. B- like, will there be anything that you'll do differently? Absolutely. Like, what would you do? Absolutely, I would take more chances in my life. <laughs> If once they win, yeah, the I need win. to survive now so I can see them win. Oh, in that sense, okay. Once I see I them you. win, like you'll go like diving with sharks or something. I mean, 
maybe. Uh, certainly, okay, it's almost like... It's almost like because I've never seen the Mets win the World Series, yeah. I don't believe that anything good will happen in my life. I think that Because nothing good has happened in your life. I think everything that good has happened in my life has been dumb luck. It hasn't been anything that I deserved. That it, so because I've never seen a team of mine <laughs> to, you know, get a championship that they deserved. And if I see that happen, yeah, I think it might change my outlook in life. Okay. But I don't think it'll I ever happen. I love... Yeah, we get you know a little more our how moments. And yeah, he's just count, completely counter Billy. He really becomes Billy's foil. Yes, yeah, that's like there's no like like antagonist in the film. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's like almost like Billy is his worst enemy, like his own worst enemy in a way at some points. And then yeah, then well here we go. Great he's, conversation. Yeah, great shot. Yeah. Again, they, they like they have him sitting a certain way. Like he's just a physical presence. You know? <laughs> He's not playing the team that he's... Because that... Art Howe's not being that much of an asshole. Because up until this point, that was pretty much how things went in every sport. The GM put the team together, yeah. and the manager or coach... Tried to make it work yeah, to the... Did with yeah, whatever yeah. he wanted with those tools. Yeah. 100% in every sport. And I think almost every sport has changed in that respect. Well, there are plenty of teams that are GM teams now. Yeah. That I would even argue that your Giants uh, are closer to a GM team than they've ever been in terms of... Yeah. Like, with Coughlin and Jerry Reese, that was definitely the old model, you know? I give you the Johnnies and Joes. <laughs> yeah. You, you run it. Um, but a lot more NFL teams now are doing it. I'm going to put the team together. Let me get a coach who's going to just listen to me. I feel like Dallas has been that way with Jason Garrett. Oh, yeah, that ginger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to, yeah. What, uh, but what? baseball is very... I love, wait, it was... Every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the... <laughs> the he, Popeye kind of walk yeah. away. And then I, you, you see the guy putting the money in. Yeah. Oh, there's just so much... These shots are kind of funny. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like, they, they love having that, like, shipping yard kind of in the background of, like, driving shots and while... I mean, I know it's the Bay Area, but, uh... It's, like, one of those things, like, we always... Like, power lines. I don't know. I guess it's, I, I guess it's just to, to, you know, desolate and just... I, I think, yeah, it shows, like, how he watches the games, yeah. you know? I think it shows Goes that... Goes to a quiet, yeah. Oakland is a working-class town. They're really trying to say this is a small market, but in actuality, if they were showing, like, a... Stat- oh, wait, okay. I, just, I don't want to forget this. This is where they... The book is a lot about, like I said, Bill James, mm-hmm. the statistician. Yeah. And this is like the little part they do here that like talks about the Bill James stuff. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is, though, they're really trying to make it seem like Oakland is a small market town. And it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a small market town. <laughs> this is the moment where I think also Aaron Sorkin like came in and was like, yeah. okay, let me make this work for you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, uh, you don't see any establishing shots of San Francisco, right? You see the Bay Bridge briefly, but you don't see, like, the Golden Gate Bridge no, or stuff yeah. like that. Because, again, it is Oakland, but... Yeah, even... What are you going to show of Oakland Mr. Cooper's house? <laughs> Cooper, <Yeah>. Cooper! Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, like, they're not making it seem like it's a big city or a big place. I think a lot of people who don't know where Oakland is and watch this movie, they're not going to think that it's literally across the river from San Francisco. Yeah. But um, I live in the Oakland of... Kind of, right? Because <laughs> I was actually just going to say that. The devils in hockey 
are very much like the A's in baseball yeah. in terms of the Devils are very much a small market team. Yes. In a big market. Yes. Which is even worse. Yes. Some people would say the Mets act like a small market team. They're not. You know, they're legitimately in the city. But I'd say the Devils and the Islanders in hockey. Just, yeah, well, the Mets came in and filled a void yeah, that was no, left behind. It's more of a joke because the owners are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but they no, they filled a void of the Dodgers and the Giants leaving and – you know, I mean, and New York just being such a large place, yeah. but the Devils came in, and you already had Rangers being one of the original like yeah. teams, and then, and then had already won four cups. The Islanders, and then let's face it, then you got pretty much South Jersey then going with the Flyers, and they were never going to like root for the North Jersey team, and people yeah. aren't going to. It's very, it's it's pretty crazy that they that they came to be like you know <laughs> a New Jersey team, and they and. But I'm all for it because I love the Devils. It's a weird thing, right? Like New Jersey people can vote for a team, vote can root for a team that's New York on the name. Yeah. But New York people have a hard time rooting for a team that's has New Jersey. It's because they're snobs. No, but it's it's a a specific place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Oakland is very similar. I bet you people in San Francisco have a hard time rooting for the Oakland team. Yes. And that people in Oakland probably don't care about rooting for the San Francisco team. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's just got... I mean, if if there was a New Jersey baseball team, if there was a New Jersey football team, yeah, then there you would lose fans from the Jets, the Giants, or the Yankees, the Mets. Yeah. But this is all very, you know... And it's just interesting where teams end up. And, I mean, so you have two New York teams playing in the same stadium in New Jersey, you know. And then you have... Don't you get s- started on that. That has his name. <laughs> then you see... And, but you, and you also see where, like, majority of the Jets fans are, which are, like, out on, like, Long Island and... Because they used to play in Shea Stadium. Yeah, but it's just, it's just crazy that, like, they didn't end up out on like Long Island or you they see what happened or you see what happened with the Islanders and are the Islanders heading back to Long Island? Yeah, because that's you know, that's where the fans come from and that's Yeah, like, exactly but you know, they try it's just some sometimes you know, I I mean at the same time that I will make the argument like I said earlier, like, oh if they could save money or if they did they would do, but sometimes decisions are made and it is like why did you do that? Like, I guess they're, I guess in the end, like you said, once the Mets will win, maybe you'll take more risks. I guess they they're in a they were in a comfortable place financially to take risks and see if they moved to Brooklyn, they would then also gain like a new younger market. They were definitely being trying in Long Island. It, yeah. yeah, they were definitely. They knew that a new stadium was being built also, there. It, it got. It Isn't got, it horrible to watch? It's terrible. Because it was only built for basketball. Yeah. They got their, um, how can I put it? They got their new arena by having to move out of their old arena and then being like, we want to move back <laughs> because they would have just built one right next to that arena. It was so much red tape and politics that they kind of felt forced to do something. Oh, such a sad sign. We're yeah. still proud of you. Like, surrounded by nobody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love, yeah, I love these. I, I was so into baseball at the time. So into baseball that I remember so this, these exact like two, moments. Again, like 2002 yeah. season? Yeah, I, two, was, I got, was yeah. really into baseball because the Mets had just made the World Series in 2000, so they were still competing there in the yes. years. But, uh, you know, I watched baseball my whole life, even as a kid, but I really got into it uh, like 96, like yeah. the first Yankees one. Not that I was rooting for the Yankees, but... 
um, you know, I started really following the Mets. And here we go with the announcers, like you said earlier, like, you know, Art Howe isn't the problem, Billy Bean is. Yeah. Like, you know, which, hey, I, you know what, honestly, I mean, I know the Oakland, you know, the A's don't go on to win the World Series or anything like that, but I very much hope that this is what's going to happen with everyone saying what they are saying about, like, Gettleman as the, oh, the Giants. Oh, the Giants, yeah. Like, what is he thinking? <laughs> what is he thinking? Well, like you said, before we started recording, you asked me if I was, like, watching any, like, his videos, and he's had to go out and, exp- I mean, and that's what you get for it being also a New York market, Yeah. but, like, him going out and explaining himself, it's just like, you know what, in the end of the day, like, he he doesn't have to explain himself, that's who, I don't know. Well, just... the wins and the losses will explain. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exa- like, I love this, there's... oh my god, this, I think this is in the trailer, too, where he's just, like, talking to himself, like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Shit. I don't think this guy still owns the A's, and it looks like at the time he's like a housing developer because you see like the model in the background. Yeah. Yeah, probably a guy that just you know made money elsewhere and decided to buy a baseball team. Yeah, but he's not. Clearly, he's not one of the richer owners. You have to be really, really, really rich to own a team. Yeah. This guy has more money than any of us will ever have, but it's still not enough for baseball. No. Especially, they're a team that doesn't make a lot of money. No, like it's a small market. I mean, you know, I mean you're, ma- you're making your money from. They also don't own their stadium. Yeah, you know, I mean, they might own the stadium, but it's not a new stadium. That's not, like we were discussing because of your Foodie Films podcast and just my love for baseball, all the new uh, restaurants and stuff that the Mets have put into the oh, city, city field. Field is just yeah, it's a it's a food mecca. And look, that also makes the team a lot of money. You know, yeah, you're well, not gonna be able to yeah, do that. You're getting in it Oakland from concessions and merchandising. People aren't gonna code <laughs> merchandising. <laughs> oh, isn't it precious? <laughs> oh. We've all been there, I think. Yeah. I love this. I love the, I love their relationship. I think she went on to be in, what's that, Leave Schreiber? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Show, Showtime, right? Showtime? Uh, 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 Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan, yeah. Leaf Schreiber, one of the greater voice. Uh, oh, yeah. What a voice. Voices, voice actors, documentarian, narrator. I'm sorry, I want to get her name. Something Irish, I think, right? Or am I thinking of her character on Radio? <laughs> uh, what would her name? Is it Abigail something? Maybe I don't know. I'm totally wrong. I'm on Wikipedia, and I'm not. I feel like it's gonna be Emily Abigail. Let me go to IMDb. It's easier. And this is the pressure that I think a lot of people don't think about when you like have a high-profile sports job or an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, when we're calling our radio stations and saying, like, screw this guy, yeah. I hate him, trade him, it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, that means getting, you know, maybe a father not seeing a kid, someone being uprooted from a school. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. There was, something, I there was something recently where it was just like, yeah, like, I was watching or reading an article, and I was like, yeah, like, my kids just started school here. Like, like we just... Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. We just planted our roots, and oh, you know. what a shitty feeling. But you know what? They get paid a lot of money, so I know. Well, yeah, exactly. It's part of. I mean, I guess it's on the same level as like a military brat, you know. Fair. Except you're living much more comfortable. Karis Dorsey is her name. I love it. That was. So here we go again with our. It's the way he looks. His like eyebrows really pop yeah. in this movie. <laughs> 
at this at the time, I was trying to explain, it was unheard of a general manager coming to the manager and telling him yeah. how to play a lineup. That's why our well, guy was so resistant. That's why Hoffman plays it so well. Let me let me let me ask you, because you know, this is like in so many movies and since this is a movie that clearly, you know, adapted, you know, like you know, it's adapted from a book and like you said, it took its liberties and it mm-hmm. made it into a more you know, coherent cinematic story. So many movies have a problem with just like, oh, why don't these guys just communicate better? Do you think in real life Billy Bean like was like, Art, come in here and they just literally did the whole like like the way Peter is like breaking it down on a board? Do you think like they like they don't have that conversation in the movie? Like, listen, oh, I'm we, sure. I think know? I think even in the book they try to explain it, but like these guys just don't want to hear. Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But it's just but that's just something that doesn't happen in the movie that like I think could have like that is like something. That yeah, maybe... it's just also the movie is oversimplifying it even for us. Yeah, even the book is like which is a complicated book is oversimplifying it. Yeah, like. If you're stuck in your own ways, you don't want to hear it. You don't care about some mathematical mumbo-jumbo. As far as Art Howe's concerned, he's gotten his team to the playoffs. Well, that's the whole thing he said, like, that when he wants to talk his contract yeah. early in the film, he's like, yeah, we went, you know, I figure what what what, what stage did they make to the playoffs in 2001? Where, where were they? Were they divisional? I think they just, you know, or they usually they... don't get out of the divisional round. Yeah. I can't remember. But... At this point, what was it like so with, good. what was the... Sorry, I, yeah. I just love, like, the... Them passing in the hallways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Billy, he moves. Billy doesn't move. Yeah. So good. Where... What were the did the were the playoffs different at this point as far a as a little bit wild there was, there card was only one and, wild card yeah back then. now they're two and they play like a one game thing yeah. this would piss me off too and when they're losing and Billy hears like the music like yeah. that this is like a great scene that I feel like has happened in other sports movies as well you know like oh, absolutely the, the, you know, it's, there are little things in the background that I'm really enjoying seeing like what time the players have to get to the game. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. uh, thing there. There was a uniform code on the side, like what what hat to wear with what uniform. It's just like you said. It's like a working man's city. It's like a working man's like ball club. Yeah, know? like you just look at like nothing flashy. No. Yeah, they just really they paint the picture well here. <laughs> it's such a great like this is this is a movie and this is like what I would have people watch you know like when parents as far as like when it comes to kids on teams and being like oh you're not being fair you know everyone you know we live in this world <laughs> where every kid's getting trophies now it's like no like losing isn't fun <laughs> winning is fun yeah there's certainly a balance that needs to be struck like, yeah you know, like be like throwing kids on the ground or something like that. No, but if a kid isn't good, you know what? Like, try to help them to get them better. But, like, you know, there's a reason we use the word benching in, like, you know, is in our vernacular. Like, see, I don't believe, like, a little kid should be benched to the point of, like, this kid is not playing. No, but, like, that's also why, like, I was stuck in the outfield. Because I wasn't, you know. I think there are ways to, like, help with that. But certainly once you get to a more competitive level. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's done. That way of thinking is done. You go to locker rooms today, yeah, and they're the kids that grew up getting all the trophies, so you have to manage them differently. I know you don't like to hear that, but that's 100% the case. Yeah. Uh, there's no coach or manager right Weakening now. Weakening of our society. Who's, <laughs> who's getting in a player's face like they used to. 
Yeah, the Army doesn't even do that anymore. Except for in the South of football. (laughs) (laughs) But the Army doesn't even do that anymore. Uh, Like, you watch Full Metal Jacket, you think they do any of that today? No, well, I mean, I, I, have, I have no. Clue. I mean, from what I've heard from people who have been in the military and what they told me, well, like, especially if I mean, you know, both, yeah, you just, you just can't if both, you know, sexes are in, you know, which you're against for, for no, starting controversy. Yeah, no, we're just we live in a different world. It's a different time. Simple as that. Yep. I love just taking the frustration out. I love these old A's photos, too. Well, it's like, it makes me think of, like, in the new, uh, in, in, in MetLife, the, I, I hate, I hate the stadium, but, uh, you know, since it's being shared by the Jets and Giants, there isn't a lot of decorations that are, the worst part of it. I know, which, that are permanent, but there's two, they're on like opposite sides of the stadium and they each have like a little mural area and the giants have a mural and it has like the four, like it's designated areas that they can like paint and do a mural. Giants have a very nice one, the four statues, you know, just different, you know, players, yada, yada, yada. And the jets side where they can have a mural just says jets. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, Really, guys? Like <laughs> you, get, you did win one. Like you, you have, they do have some icon. They do have some iconic players yeah. that have played for the team. But it just that just makes me think. You know, this situation where they just. I mean, while they have been having success, they're just living in a you know another time. This is a movie of. That's a good point. That's a really know. good point. I love the picture of him and his and daughter. The mugs his dad. Yeah. Dave Dombrowski, Red Sox GM now. Tiger's team at the time. So instead of, just to clarify with the film, instead of Art Howe, Phillips and Rolf, and playing the players he wants, he's going to say, okay, you're not going to do that. He doesn't want to fire him in the middle of the season. He's going to trade the players that he's playing ahead of the players that Billy wants him to play. Uh, Yeah, I love even at this point, Peter's just like... He's he's more afraid for Billy's yeah. job than his job <laughs> at this point. Because Pena, he became like an all-star, but he never blossomed into the player they thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Quite possibly, which will happen with OBJ. We never know. Well, I mean, OBJ <laughs> no, already has already had a yeah, better career than no, Pena. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but he, um, yeah, it was like, why are you trading this guy who could become a Hall of Famer, essentially? Yeah. And he never became that. Yeah. He was a good player, but it was literally so you can play this other guy. <laughs> Which is risky as hell. Oh, yeah. Do you think, like, even, like, I don't know what it would be used for, but they have, like, the lottery, like, bingo wheel huh. in the background. Yeah. Like, do you think that that's just the random selection? Like, I don't know, there's don't just know. a lot to it's this. A like, it's there. Again, yeah. like, you have to, like I said, it's like, PSH was wearing that red polo before, like, everything. That's the whole thing with movies. Yeah, like, even just even just the fact that there is a red and blue marker there. Like, it's not a political film, but you can start thinking, like, red and blue. Like, those are just two very different. You got cool and warm. Like, it's just yeah. divisive. Yeah. And I, I love that. I don't know. This and is, you this... know how I know they're purposely placed there? <laughs> the writing is green on the whiteboard. 
you know. I didn't even. And it's red and blue, so you're wow. absolutely right. So, yeah, it's not even like there's a green and yellow. Green and yellow would make sense, yeah. like, because of the, the colors. yellow but on the whiteboard. That might be that might be blue. I don't know. The lighting in the scene might just be a bit Fair. more. It could I don't be. know. Could I don't be. know. It could but be. point being. <laughs> now we're nitpicking. Yeah. No, but it's just, but that's the great. This is one of those films that you get to talk about that kind of stuff because it's it's interesting because it's not like Bennett Miller's a veteran filmmaker. This no. is his. But Bennett Miller, as we learned in Capote, is the guy who will make only the films he wants to make. Yes, he's and very he'll take uh, years. Is methodical or yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> he he it takes years to make the project he wants to make. And I know he was kind of thrown this one, but he was obviously very excited to do it. And that's why I was ultimately very disappointed with Foxcatcher. Was Foxcatcher ever rumored to maybe have Philip Seymour Hoffman? Because he's got that wrestling background. Yeah, I, I th- maybe he's not like athletic enough. Or... No, that's not. It. Uh, I mean, I mean, they end up going. I mean, he definitely wasn't going to play the Channing Tatum role. No. as far as like, oh, no. as far as the Mark, he could have been Mark Ruffalo's character. But I mean, either way, I mean, Mark Ruffalo is such a terrific actor that. I mean, what about uh, Carell? As Dupont, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, I mean, I love Steve Carell. What, what did I just, what did I just watch the other day? What was his? Oh, I watched uh, again uh, Vice, and that was fine. And it's just funny, like that he's working with Adam McKay, <laughs> like you know, which obviously worked on big An- short Anchorman too. and Big Short. But like in a serious movie, it's just sometimes it's tough with Steve Carell, especially when like it's fine when he's playing. Like if it's a serious movie, well, people have said he's, he's too likable. Well, that, but it's just, but if he's in a serious movie and he's playing like a character in that movie as like Dupont with like a very like specific look and the way he's talking, there's just certain lines that I'm just like, oh, that's so like Michael Scott, like as a, <laughs> like, like like he's already done like a weird character like that in The Office, and it's just one of those. Okay, good yeah. good moment here. Yeah, with uh, Art How. The way he tells him, I don't know if he told him that like that. Yeah, like life. this, but yeah. Yeah, like you can't play him because I traded him. But yeah, it just works so well for us as the viewers. Yeah. It's just this tension. You know what I found weird when I was rewatching this? One of these, there's like a picture of uh, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. That's like the World Series, 1974. Yeah. Look at look at his face. Look at our our big guy's face. He's just at this point. He's just like, oh my god! Like you know, like he. he, he. (laughs) (laughs) Now I I was going to bring this up. It reminds me of something like my father would do, or something like like how he makes uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. Tell the other guy he um, tell Penny he got traded. Yeah, trial by fire. Yeah, and then he, the way he tells Jeremy Giambi is so just like yep, just hands him traded. a piece of paper, says yeah. it very not monotone but just dry. And, and earlier in the movie, he says the reason. I wish you the best. Yeah, yeah. The reason why he doesn't like go on the like hang out with the team is yeah. he doesn't want him to get too close to them. 
Yeah. So that he has to trade them. And that makes a lot of sense. That was like my father's business theory too. I don't know if today people operate like that so much anymore. I feel like everyone wants to be everyone's buddy. Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're old school. You've made it very clear that you're an old school guy. Yeah, but not like in like equality, just in emotions. <laughs> no, no, I know and you're not like, oh, you know. <laughs> I know I'm saying civil rights-wise, I'm talking about like people-wise. You know, but like now, I feel like it's more Together like, and equal. <laughs> like, I'm your boss, but I'm your buddy. And, and before it was like, you know, the yeah. boss separated I'm not saying I would be... But it's not so- like that, but also I don't want to really be anyone's. Bu- I'm just I'm a I'm a you know. I'm well, a- I, you've said this before. Like you have enough friends already. You know, yeah. if you get new friends, fine. But you're not act- actively seeking them. <laughs> no, like who is when you're like I don't know in your thirties. Like your your twenties is the last decade that like you're actively. Yeah, that you're too. No, but then you're like actively like still out, and you're like, oh, let's like meet like new people. Like you know, it's just like I'll talk with people. I love having conversations with new people, and if a friendship comes from it, but like I don't know, it's not you know necessary. <laughs> Unless all my friends die, that I'll you heard it here first. Yeah. If you want to be Kyle's friend, you gotta kill. Yeah, yeah it's the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also. I, he said it. He did it too to shake up the team and be like, "Be serious, guys." I love this part of the movie, like coaching the players on their way. Now that they're finally getting to kind of have you know the players that they want to play play. Yeah, and this is something that's like commonplace right now. The but GM like talking like this, like game you're GM saying? game planning, or the assistants game planning with the players. Yeah. Now, to different degrees in different clubhouses, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Guys have so much information at their fingertips. Sometimes people have said it's too much information. Yeah. That they'll back off and be like, "Just do your thing." Yeah. You know, just focus on this. Part of the challenge of, I guess, the decade after this film was, "Wow, we have all this stuff. How do we get it through to the players?" And a lot of people have theorized maybe let us filter the information and to only tell them one or two things, not give them the whole stat sheet. Yeah. Some players like that. Some players don't respond. Yeah, need to know bases. Yeah. Almost in a way, you know? But I love this is the great part that he's just like trying to make, you know, David Justice and his hubris understand like where the, the part he's going to play in this team. While he has that big banner outside and it's name recognition that comes with him. He just, he, you know, no, this is, and this is the, yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so happy we're not playing the Browns this year. <laughs> um, so David Justice, I mean, you have to understand, like, he was an all-star. He was a great player. Maybe not Hall of Fame level, but maybe the, no, the but level, like level a, right under. Yeah. He's married to Halle Berry at one point. Like, this is a guy who he's, was a celebrity. Yeah. And this is what he's doing now at 37. And the end of the career, he's still getting paid good money, half of it from the Yankees. But, you know, they, yeah. they're losing a lot. And no, that's he just, seems to be an yeah, I mean, he says it early, adapt or die. 
Yep. That's what I mean. And and hey, and and saying that I'm you know like I'm old school in a certain ways. Like that is definitely a big part of that. You know, everyone has to realize, including myself, more and more like adapt or die. But at the same time, then you have people that are just trying to change everything at once. And that's just not the way, even if it's all for the better, sometimes that's not going to work just because you can't, you know, like, you're going to break the scale if you toss all the weight, you know, yeah, to one side. And that's, I mean, this is just a movie that really, while it's about baseball, makes you think, makes you think about that kind of stuff more. It's talking about like signs in the background, it's just even had like dehydrate. Like, yeah. It's, that was just fun little, it's a very. <laughs> You know, factoidal movie. Oh, I love it. I love it. I was actually a fan of The Big Short. I didn't think it was as good as this, but I enjoyed that aspect of it. But I totally get how this one is so much more relatable. But I think we talked about this on our... Again, it's because it's... I mean, ooh, let's see. Banking versus baseball. <laughs> but of the three Michael Lewis versus... adaptations, yeah. I think The Blind Side is the most like Hollywood. This yeah, because it's a fucking Hallmark movie. <laughs> this is somewhere in the middle, and the big short is all the way the other way. Yeah, which is interesting because that has the most like Hollywood cast in a way, you know. Mm, that's true. And and has those like you know Adam McKay cutting to Margot Robbie explaining something in a bubble bath. <laughs> which thank you, Adam McKay. But um, yeah, you Margot Robbie fan. No, not at all. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's like along the. I have to say this. It doesn't make sense at all that she's playing Barbie versus Amy Schumer. It doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> oh, what was I say? oh, she reminds me kind of a Brad Pitt, where I'm sure she got some early breaks because of she's a pretty lady. Yeah, but now she's but now, getting yes. to have fun and getting to and work on hard. her craft. Yeah, and she's she's becoming really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, her and... Not uh, that she wasn't, but, like, now she's, like... Was it just called... Good. Was it called Tanya? What was... What I, Tanya. I, Tanya, yeah, yeah. She was yeah. also in the, uh... Mary, Queen of Scots movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's... It's not... She's not like, I'm pretty, let me do... You know, No, like, even her... I mean, her in Wolf of Wall Street. While she is totally, like, you know, being used in the movie as, like, <laughs> uh, you know... A pretty lady. Put it that way. But... <laughs> no, she's good. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. Moving on up past them Rangers. The Anaheim Angels and the Seattle Mariners. I love, I love his reaction. These shots are really cool. Yeah. Again, just really well lit and the specific very this honestly this this now does this is very theatrical. Yeah. This is, you know, he is the slow motion bat. Yeah. Seven in a row. The Clash. At Oakland Coliseum. How great is that? Just, it's also showing, like, almost punk rock being counter. What yeah. he's doing is a little bit counter. Yeah, exactly. It's, God damn it, this movie's perfect. <laughs> it really is a perfect movie. I don't think that there's any flaw with this movie. I'll say that much. Doesn't have to be somewhat, you know, like you said, it's, you know, one of your favorite movies like but it's just a movie that I would 100% have a uh, a student of film watch this movie 
for it's it's you know there there were movies that I watched when in film school that you watched for you know for writing. There were movies you watched for cinematography. There were movies you watched for editing. This, I mean, I think it just goes to accreditation. I mean, while it is, you know, it's crazy that it didn't win, but it was nominated, you know, for Best Picture, Best Actor, Supporting Actor, Editing, Sound Mixing, Adapted Screenplay. Like, those are all, you know, you've got, I mean, Best Picture and Acting, Editing, Sound, and Writing. So you've got four different categories right there. And they're very, as you said, you know. Spread out and different. Spread out, yeah. yeah. So huh. it's not like you just have best picture. Your act, you know. There's other movies that you watch, and you're like, oh, the acting was good, but the story wasn't that great. I mean, they just. Did, I mean, it's it's one of the best. Like, and I say this because of people like you explaining to me and and Joey from the first episode. It's just one of the best adapted screenplays. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and, the, and and obviously the fact that you have two of the best screenwriters. Worked on it, <laughs> you know. Like, but at the same time, you you look at that and you look at then the great cast and you have a great director. But then sometimes that doesn't work out. Just like in sports, when you have a certain lineup and you're just like, oh wow, like look at this. I mean, look at the, the Yankees in between. You know, their 2000 when their 2009 when when they were getting uh, Giambi, Ran- Randy Johnson, Giambi being a good example. Right? Giambi <laughs> being yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Sometimes just the chemistry doesn't click. So yeah. You could, you could throw a bunch of talented people at something that's not necessarily going to work. Yeah, and baseball is just one of those interesting sports that, you know, like, while it's, you know, you look at football and you're like, okay, there's an offense and a defense. And while obviously in baseball there is an offense and a defense, it's so interesting that while it is a team sport, it is a very, you know, singular, like, you know, a, a – player up at bat like it's it's him and the pitcher mm-hmm. you know like it's it's very mano a mano but at the same time then this movie also does show you can be a team player because you have to understand like i can take a walk now or something like yeah, that. yeah and that's the interesting thing about baseball in terms of like the team element the team element is not like a lot of sports like get yourself in position and keep moving yeah and, you know it's yeah, it's quarterback needs someone to throw yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. It's an approach you have to take as a team. Yeah. As Giselle said, you know, Tom can't just, you know, throw <laughs> to himself. Yeah. One of your all-time favorites, Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. A wife complaining about a six-time Super Bowl winning, you know. <laughs> Mind you, a wife who's incredibly rich. Who's richer than her husband, <laughs> yeah. as we looked up, and it's true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Giselle, what's her? Well, Giselle. Oh, Giselle, Brady. Brady. <laughs> Giselle Brady. Giselle Brady. What a horror. That just that does sound like a fucking New England Boston name. <laughs> he's not even from like Boston. No, I think he's from California. Is he? Oh, that makes sense. He played in Michigan. And... He's from Northern California. He just moved across <laughs> the fucking map. Yeah, I don't think he's I think he's from the Oaklandish area. Yeah. Oh, this is a great this is a great yeah part of the movie this that is, makes this is you... a great thing I was like a nod to the book so many of the books chapters and writings are little phone calls like this where he's like I, I almost say tricking GMs into getting what he wants yes and it's but... happening in like an hour span and I believe that Shapiro conversation in the book and I could be wrong book readers the one that we saw earlier that's another one of these so it's good that we actually see a phone one too yeah yeah 
Because I haven't really heard of a GM visiting another GM at his office. They have GM meetings, like they have like a convention almost. Oh, okay. And they'll meet there. Interesting. Like, yeah. In the off season, they have like one or two. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I think what you know, you're, cool. you're, you're, but you're also you're you're in a club now. You know, like yeah, it's it's. I'm sure they have plenty of their own. <laughs> because, yeah, there's not many jobs available for, like, XGM. So generally, I mean, how many teams are there in MLB? 30. 30? Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Like, there's 30 jobs. But, yeah. you know what you do? Your assistants are usually up-and-coming guys or XGMs. Interesting. So you yeah. need you need to be friendly with these guys. You can't screw too many over. Yeah, you can't burn, <laughs> the, you can't burn bridges. Because they're going to hire you yeah. as an assistant. This is just like the... Uh... Kevin Costner Browns movie, which <laughs> has come to fruition in this off season. <laughs> what was that movie called? Draft Day. Draft Day. Yeah, that movie's funny because, well, for a lot of reasons. But like, I feel like the NFL wanted to do something like Moneyball, or did, is, that one's definitely after this one. I would say not too long. I'll but, look that up. <laughs> but it's totally not. It's like that one's such bullshit. There's such bullshit in that movie. Yeah, um... That's also not a true story, and this one is. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that, that too. And it was funny, because I think that that was, like, the year before Johnny Menzel. Oh, really? So it's just, like, very... I mean, now the Browns are doing some I mean, We'll right see. Things. They've had a good offseason, but like like we said with, uh, you know, you can get all the good players or all the good actors. Yeah, on know. paper, right now, the Browns should... Should be like, a really good team. Should not only make the playoffs, but definitely, like win some playoff feet. games. I mean, let's hope they, I mean, for their, their sake. Well, they I, but, I, but again, like, yes, but I just, I hope, I wish nothing but the most mediocre for Odell now. <laughs> <laughs> it's middle of the road. This is too, I like, I think this is in the trailer. Not really oh, Ivan yes. Reitman directed Draft Day? Oh my God. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a, such a trailer. Yeah, like we're, yes. yes. And I like how he's wearing the hats now. Yeah, he's like he's buying in. Yeah, exactly. He's he's laying roots. He's he's. Um, and how many films do we get to see the behind the scenes of how a team is built? It's usually right. You're asking me about baseball films. Mm-hmm. It's usually. It was t- uh, yeah, 2014 was drafted. Okay, so three years after this. It's usually about the players on the field. You know, this is about the people who put the players on the field. Yeah, the puppeteers. Though I mean, we see some team building in. A league of their own. And... Well, just the fact right now we're getting to see. Uh, yeah, I know he's about to say, yeah, but you know, Mike Magnanti here. Yeah, and we're getting to see him. You know, putting on the brace and you know, it's it's a very. And this is the player. I don't know if you remember. This is one of the most heartbreaking parts of the book, that he cuts him from the team. Yeah, and he only needed like something like two more weeks to get a pension. Oh. I still think about that sometimes, and I think, I uh, me personally, I would just let him play the two weeks. Yeah, you know, like I would just let him. You play can't. The two you really can't. Like just find a put way. him. Put him on some kind of. No, he has to be actively playing. Oh, okay. But and then he never got picked up by another team. Oh my god! So he never got. His oh, he hates Billy Bean. Though. Oh my god! If Billy Bean is ever killed. <laughs> He's, he's top of the list. He's, he's Buscemi and Billy Madison with his list. Oh, honestly, I still think about this sometimes. And I'm like, I couldn't do that. And, and I think it helps show that Billy Bean is not perfect. Mm, yeah, exactly. 
like telling him to go, you know, so this guy can make the team, and like I hope he doesn't even know. Hola, senor. Yeah, it was the whole crazy thing, right? Wasn't his team was coming out to play? Ricardo. Oh was, yeah, 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 possible. Also, he was the player he tried to get from the Indians at yeah, the beginning. The streak. Yeah, I love that. Crazy things are now happening in Oakland. Yeah, and I remember that. And has wait, this was not beaten, right? What it was in recent years? Uh, this... I don't think it's been beaten. Oh, I thought for some reason there was. Maybe, actually. I thought, didn't the Cubs? Let me see. I thought there was a team recently that beat it's this. It's possible, actually. I... But this was the first, I mean, since it was like... Yeah, this, and it was so much more memorable than, obviously, we can't even remember it. Let's see. Longest. That is just so hard to do. Murderers Row. What a cool... I love when there's cool nicknames. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the Cleveland Indians beat it by two in 2017. Okay, it was... Yeah, that was that There's year. another team. That was that year. 2017 was the Indians versus the Cubs, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Gotcha. Now, I do remember that now. That was yeah. a good season for them. Yeah. There's other teams that did in, like, the 1800s and stuff. Well, yeah, wasn't this when they did 20, who did they beat? They, didn't they beat, like, the New York... Uh... Well, it was an American League record they set, because the other teams were National League. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, the Indians have 22 straight wins. The yeah, it was since this team, the, uh, yeah. The Phil- that's the Philadelphia A's. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. So that, that was when they beat their franchise record. Do we really get any more scenes from our from our main man? Like, you know, he was just, I like, high five. I don't I, really think... I think we see... Uh, there's that great moment... Well, yes. There's the great moment in the last game when he's watching Hatterberg. Oh yeah, and get that, that look. Hit. Yeah, and that look is the again. Like, which is, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was like, this is what makes Hoffman great, right? Yeah, he doesn't have that many lines in this. He's got a fair amount of screen time. Yeah. He doesn't have that many lines, but his looks, his mannerisms, his presence. Yeah, every time he's on the screen, you realize he's on the screen. Yeah. No, and this is, and I'm sure I'm just oh, Jolton Joe DiMaggio, my favorite baseball player ever. I remember you used to be a huge fan of him when he was coming up, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. You were like, this guy's going to be because he's my grandpa's favorite player. It's because <laughs> <laughs> the guy fucked. <laughs> he was a World War II, you know, hero. Not hero, but, you know. Italian. Yeah. Like you, proud Italian. Uh, anyway, uh, but I'm, I'm sure I, I'm just repeating a lot of things I said in the regular episode we did for this. But, you know, like, people have favorite smells, favorite, you know, like... One of my favorite things ever is, and they just, it's that moment where when PSH has that look, the crack of a bat. Oh yeah. To a like, you know just bat connecting to a it's ball a great sound. in that proper fucking you know home run. And isn't it crazy that in a loud stadium, far away, you could still hear that? It's amazing. It's crazy. It's it's almost like as loud. It's more piercing than like than the fans cheering after it. It's just that mm-hmm. singular. I mean, it's just two things colliding to make this singular. Two very fast things colliding. Yes, 
and from you know like leather meets fucking wood. Sometimes you can even hear the leather of the man wood. versus horse. <laughs> <laughs> to quote another, uh, another well, Spike Jones didn't direct this movie. But Spike, but to quote a Spike Jones movie, right? Um, but uh, yeah, just to create just one of uh, just one of my favorite and it's not i mean again you're far more the baseball fan and invested in baseball but uh, there's just certain things that uh and like like he says towards the end of this movie that's what makes baseball romantic i love it this is he turns around the silences right that's why i was nominated for sound mixing it's so cool. Right, sound mixing or editing? There's a difference. Sound mixing. And, like, just the idea that, like, yeah, I should be in facet. Do you think this happened? Did this happen? Because this is such a movie thing. I, this is such a uh, cinematic thing. I really, thing. really, really wish. That that this game is the one that he decided. I'm not saying, to like, exactly it happened, like, he made the fucking turn off the highway like that, but did he... Like Always back. not yeah. yet. Did he not pay attention? I'm sure he paid games. some games. I don't think he didn't see every game, you know, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, uh, even Peter, like the, the fact that Peter then sees him standing there, like it's just, this is a moment, and I'm fine with it, but I'm read, just very curious. I'm just very curious because of how, I believe, because I mean, that's the whole thing. against sports and you have a season like this, I, I will call it cinematic. And so it tr- it does adhere towards being shown on a big screen. And baseball's such a stupid, superstitious game. Yes. Like, all sports. Yeah, all sports, but, yeah, baseball, but baseball. Because of the pauses, and because of the silences, like yeah. you were saying, how they mix it is accurate oh, just to the way those guys, I mean, all, again, all athletes, like, have their things, but just seeing the way, Ooh. I mean... I'm even hurting watching this. I know what happens. You know what, that's actually probably, like, a one good, like, thing about, like, the Yankees in the sense of like that maybe helps uh conquer some people's superstitions that they're they have to have a clean face so like any superstition that comes with like growing out your beard or anything like that you know well you can have a mustache on the you can you can have yeah you can have a good old goose mustache and it's funny because the A's in the 70s had the opposite rule or Donnie Bats mustache class you mustache. had to have facial hair in the 80s and the 70s well you were paid a bonus for having it really they wow. wanted to be they wanted to be like the, like, counter, the yeah. opposite team yeah that's why you get like Raleigh fingers with the handlebar mustache yeah fucking Donnie Bats and sorry I, like... I believe there I accidentally pressed the mute button um no no like Briefly, guys, so if you hear me just in the background for, like, two seconds, oh, okay. I apologize. Yeah, I did that earlier, too, and I repeated myself. It was just, we, we can mute the mics for a second when we're sipping on our beverages so you don't hear us slurping away. If you want to know that, you should go and listen to What Am I Eating or Chewing? Sorry. What Am I Chewing? Yeah, Sorry, what, am what Am I Chewing? chewing? Yeah. Uh, Wistful like Thinking new Sister art- Show. Yeah, their new artwork I, I'm, I'm into. Um, yeah, Kara does great artwork for that yeah, show. I would on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Yes. Cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Fox. What? F- Fox. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I love this game because it's like all his guys. So the Mets, like, um, they won the last two, like I said, they won their first two games of this season. And it's been by guys that this 
new general manager, like just acquired. The new closer he got got two saves in the last two days. Robinson Cano, who's on the team, got the only two RBIs of the opening day, who he just acquired. You know, uh, Peter Peter Wait, Alonso, the Robbie pro- Cano. Yeah, he's on the Mets now. Wow. The prospect. They, he was on Seattle, right? Yeah, they after the Yankees. The prospect they got that he decided to bring up got all the big hits yesterday. His other free agent signing got the big hits. And I can just That's imagine. such a great feeling, right? right? How rewarding is that? And again, this is early for the Mets, but Matt, just multiply that by so much for Billy Bean here. Yeah. Like, and his gamble, his gamble is like, and again, this isn't, this is their World Series, so they don't, don't end up making it, but yeah. it's not the World Series. But still, Kansas it's City, so Paul, dramatic. Paul Rudd's team. <laughs> old uniforms and they use more black. I'm not, this is not me. This is like my lack of, like my bad memory not trying to salt in the wound. No. It was, me, it was Mets versus Kansas yeah, City. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. But I don't hate Kansas City. For no, 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 no. I just, yeah. And that's just such a, I love the whole Paul Rudd had a kegger at his mom's house <laughs> afterwards. I, yeah, I wasn't like, sometimes you hate the team that beats you. I wasn't happy at the time, but I'm not like. Well, yeah, that's, that's how it was in, uh, so what would we say? Two thousand three Yankees Marlins. Now the now they're in Miami or whatever. But I always had a, a love for the Marlins because that was uh, when I was young. I, first game I ever went to was Yankees Oriole game, like I said. But then I went to a Marlins game uh, with my grandpa, and it was just like a I don't know. I always loved the Marlins. I always had a soft spot for the Marlins. And now Jeter controls exactly. Them. But like I said, it's Miami, so I don't, I don't know. I lost. But a you're not a, you're not a Miami hater. No, no, you no, like no. I'm, no, I'm just Miami. I'm just saying like they're not. You know, it's that they made some moves. It's not that far. Where did I like? It was so long. Where did they play? It was before? like halfway between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. so it was just like in the suburbs yeah. of Miami. That's why they were just called they the Florida Marlins. Marlins. That's always yeah. you know. That's always, I, I just there's so many things involved in sports that so just fascinates me like you know the decision so they're the florida marlins and they moved to miami the fact that we have the new england patriots well, you know they're like, usually strategies depending on who's paying for shit right like i yeah. think for florida that was the first team in florida so they want to get the whole state aboard too not just like the location like just first like, oh. team in florida yeah they were there before the first baseball team in florida ah they were there before the rays okay the, the marlins are 93 and the rays were 98 uh, but then Miami pretty much funded the money to build them a stadium, so they felt like dicks not calling themselves Miami. Yeah. Uh, New England, that's because Foxborough is pretty far from Boston. They yeah. were the Boston They Patriots. were the Boston, yeah, exactly. But still, they could be called the Massachusetts, you know, they decided yeah, but, to... Yeah, but it's smarter because they're yeah, actually cause... closer to Providence than they are to, yeah, to Boston, so... It, yeah. I know, but it just, it's just one of those... Yeah. Yeah, they could have if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. They could have stayed the Boston Patriots. Who cares? The San Francisco yeah. 49ers are much closer to San Jose now. But they stayed the 49ers because... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well... So many... It's all... It's You said, like, maybe... Might be useless information, but it, to me it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Just the changes and... Teams keeping names, moving to a different you know uh, city, or you know just all, even all color that. changes. Yeah, color. Yeah, exactly. Or fa- the fact wasn't there like weren't the Eagles up for like as far as being allowed to change their uniforms? But definitely they won't now because like 
because the, they won the Super Bowl and the, their superstition. That happens was, a lot. That's yeah. certainly why the Patriots are still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, games. it's still the like very. Some, nut- but sometimes you like the Diamondbacks won that World Series we were talking about in like purple, and their colors are red now. So and, yeah. Ooh. Yes, there we go. Yes. There's and, yeah. yeah, it's Hatterberg, the lights, the eyes, how everyone in the stadium. Watches. Yeah, oh, Hoffman, yes. oh. our guy. Goosebumps. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Kyle actually does have goosebumps. His hand is on my knee again. <laughs> And this, just like, he can't even believe it. He's over. He's not like Billy was right, but he's just overtaken by the moment. Yeah. Because he can't Whoa, believe it. Well, it's just it. a tremendous... Oh, God. Just goosebumps. It's just... It's romantic. That's yeah, it. There's like, nothing that's... more romantic than... Ba- there's no sport more romantic than baseball. No, there really, there really Maybe isn't. Maybe like golf, because you're essentially hitting the ball in a park. No, but talk <laughs> about... Yeah, but talk about like a solo fair, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... no, I know. Like I understand you're competing against somebody, but it's it's just but like you can't beat the location. Purely golf, you, like, like you can like. There's no like if it's you and the course. Like that's that's. There's a romance in that, but it's a different kind of. You yeah, like, you but, like a brother. But I'm just romance. saying, like, you really, like, I mean, I mean, life. no. So like, brotherhood is important. Yeah. To you. But but like like I'm saying, <laughs> but like you know, like in football, you, you you've got something called the 12th man you know yeah. like there's so many there's other factors in all a lot of other sports but just oh, just the yeah. he's like <laughs> of course we're doing motions like here you know what this is <laughs> and, and the sh- yeah and the um show i'm binge watching right now and i don't know why it took me so long but uh brooklyn 99 mm-hmm. so funny so good, so and good. uh andre uh uh was brower, brower who's just amazing how he hasn't won an Emmy like for it or anything. Oh, he hasn't. I, I mean, I'm I pretty, really pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. That show doesn't get a lot of love by the award. No, and didn't they switch networks? Yeah, but NBC's better. Yeah, but um, but uh, <laughs> there's this one episode <laughs> where Andre Brower, like he, long story short, he like you know like he did something, and then everyone else is like, oh, she's she's not gonna like that, and then like it, it's this balloon arch for a wedding. And then he has one in his office at the end of the show, and the character that was going to get married in the episode comes in. She's like, wow, that's magnificent. And he just goes, vindication! <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's like, what this, like, th- how, like Absolutely. you said, like you said with the game, the other, like, all the new play- how, how great does that feel? It must feel so good. It must feel so it's good. got one, one of the most rewarding, yeah. And this is, yeah, Dull Racist. But then right away, just like, not pessimism, but just realism. Well, especially in baseball, you got to move on to the next day. Yeah. You know? Even when you win the World Series, not that I would know, but even when you win the World Series, you just got to start building for next year. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you see some teams, and you see, well, I mean, so what? You know, you just, like, I mean, with baseball in recent, you had the Astros win, and I mean, they, I know they were, I mean, were in the playoffs last year, but then disappointing... Yeah, they're as... still very good though because no, they won young and like they yeah. did it the right way. But I mean, so with football, it's just always crazy to see. You know, like you have a team, you're like, ah, oh, Jacksonville is getting good. Like, wow, like, and then, yeah, boop. boop, and then, but then you have a team like the fucking Patriots that <laughs> win and then get rid of everybody and then win the next fucking year because that's similar to Billy Bean's thing. Not that he's won the World Series, which the playoffs is very fluky. But that happens all the time with him. He gets rid of the entire team, starts over, yeah. and starts winning again. 
And I know people disagree with me, but it helps because of the division they're in. The A's? No, the Patriots. Oh my god. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Because I don't believe that. Every day Eddie Gordado here, former Twins closer. I just always like that nickname. Every day Eddie. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. I, lo- I love just like, you know, they go from the highest, you know, point of their story, then like the next game they show is just the hit and the catch. What a screwy playoffs, too. Like, the A's played the Twins, and the Angels played the Yankees, and the Angels got the Yankees out in the first round. And then you have, like, the A's and the Twins are usually, like, Yankee cannon fodder, you know? They just, Yankees always kill them in the first round. But you yeah, we always, we, we do play them a lot. <laughs> the Twins and the A's, it happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, so many playoffs... And the, uh, Yank, I don't Yank. think the A's or Twins have ever beaten the Yankees in the uh, uh, in this time. I don't, maybe in the seventies they did, but like certainly they. they yeah, the yeah. Like the, the I I remember gobble the, gobble Yankee. I know Yankee. in two thousand nine. Yeah, the, I the think Yankee the, just I think, in this year played the A's in the one game wild card playoff and beat them. Yeah, I think I think uh, um, I think in two thousand nine the Yankees played both the Twins and the Angels. The Angels too, yeah. Okay, how happy will you be personally in real life? Let's say your Yankees don't win, and let's say even for me, my Mets don't win, and the A's aren't playing them. If Billy Bean actually gets his World Series one day, I would go out and buy a jersey out of like out of, out of happiness for. I want. I I would totally get. A I Billy call Bean. the A's my American League team, and it's really because of this book and this movie because yeah. I, I want to see Billy Bean succeed. I, I am a big believer that, yeah, like, you, you really can't root for, like, another, or especially, like, own, uh, you know, jersey or a hat for another team well, I, in, I, I, in, I, in your, in your you know, conference or okay. in your... Uh, I'll go with division, right? I don't really care about... If it's someone you're not playing regularly... So who's in your division? Phillies? Yeah. Or your city or your division, you know? Yeah. Like, because a giant fan shouldn't wear a Jets thing, you know? No. Uh, Phillies, Braves, Nationals, Mets, and Marlins. So they had only one day to shoot at Fenway. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was, it was as you can see, it was Such a, a like a, place. a gloomy, rainy day. I know. Fuck that place. I love it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Like they just the the, the <sighs> and you know what like you, I know you haven't been to the Philly Stadium and trust me I hate the Phillies with the passion probably more than any team but that stadium's a really good food stadium and it's a nice stadium it's not new, it's new yeah it's just filled with jerk offs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't edit here folks can't yeah. edit sorry Philadelphia hashtag no. raw. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, it's really fun. like the way he like he says, you know, the Coliseum. But I just love. You know, I understand the A's play, you know, the Coliseum. But it's just like the way that he's like. But this is a stadium. Like it just that dialogue almost transcends to like a level of like the Roman Coliseum. You know, just <laughs> the way he's talking about it. It's just like this is where gladiators fight. You know, like 
Yeah, unfortunately, when we talk about stadiums, and this is not me taking a shot at the Yankees, but everyone seems to agree with this. The Yankees didn't build the new Yankee Stadium ballparky enough. They they fucked up. It's too stadiumy. Oh, yeah. they're, they're very corporate. They could have easily. They, they don't have to like make silly quirks and make it not look like Yankee Stadium. But they could have easily made it less. There's a freaking the main place to get food. It's called the Pepsi Food Court. There's no view of the game. It's there. A, uh, I, this is a word that I that I, then I also use for MetLife and just a word that I, for, I. It's cold. It's cold. And you know what? City Field when it came out got a lot of. Bad reviews, but over time they've put a lot more Met stuff in. They've certainly yeah. upgraded the food, and they've really worked hard on the fan experience. Yeah, I mean Maybe because they're not watching. I mean, the team also, play, also this know? is something there was, and then but in comparison to Shea, there was nowhere else to go but up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like versus like I don't Shea know. Shea just... is, I would say, almost the same as the Oakland Coliseum here, and they're still playing there. No, I know, it but I'm just, but I'm just but, uh, but I'm just saying like you know it just sucks like I fucking hate that the Yankees. I have nothing but resentment that like <laughs> y- they they go and they build the stadium that they did when they had such a historical place. And I know I understand there's like so many laws and sort of zoning, and there can't there needed to be like then something built where like. But I just I, in my head like the dream situation would have been keep the old stadium because it's not you know like now there's just a part. No, what's there? A field, a park, yeah, park. Like they should have kept the old stadium, like right there, or like torn some of it down and made it like open until like you could have played, like had a public park inside of it, and then also let's face it, you know, like the Yankees, like the most successful sports team, like in history, or you know, definitely one of the. could have had a whole museum for themselves in part of there, could have made it, I don't know, just done something, and then you just go and you have, like, a place like Fenway still existing, that's just, or, or or even, uh, 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 forgive me, why am I Wrigley. blanking out? Thank you, Wrigley. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, but, you know... Uh, and then they go and they fucking build that cold, like, that's it's, ho- it's a hollow version of what Yankee, the old Yankee stadium... It's a very, like, corporate... Uh, Robert Kraft style, like white collar, blue shirts. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of in fucking blazing saddles of just the the fucking people riding into town and being tricked by just the facade of the (laughs) the outside of the buildings. And that's what the new Yankee and like this is coming from someone. I mean, I was you know I'm a Yankees fan because I was born to yeah Yankees family. Yeah, exactly. Again, like, the product on the field should be better. The I'm only not the criticizing that only team that I root for that I enjoy their venue is uh, Prudential Center, The Rock for the Devils. That's the only because <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not a basketball person. If I was gonna back in the day, I would have said the Nets, but they moved to Brooklyn, so now I'll say the Knicks. But I just I'm not a basketball person, so I have yeah. No, the arenas, no the arenas are you can't do much with an arena. But though. I've always wanted to square Martin, so <laughs> haven't made a Rush Hour two reference in a while. Or is that first? No, that's the second one. So yeah, this is look. Billy has gotten acclaim. Billy can manage the Red Sox, and by the way, the Red Sox at this point they're going to win the next year. They're ready to win a World Series. Yeah, they just need a guy to put them over the top. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure he's going to take Peter with him. You know, it's not like he would leave Peter. No, Peter's his his non-sexual boy toy. But he, you know, he decides not to. Impressive. That's that's yeah. Fuck, 
fucking fucking fuck. Like that's that's what I want people to say about like where you. my teams play. Oh, impressive. You. No. <laughs> like impressive. Like it's just I love when like a single word perfectly describes something. You know exactly <laughs> what he meant without even seeing what we just saw in those scenes at uh you know in Boston you know exactly what he meant by impressive. And then you go and get Peter looking at what they offered him <laughs> fucking financially. I love that. We only, we learned that we don't, they don't say the, no, they do. Right. At the they end, might, they might not, but they, they just said it would make him the highest GM in sports. Yeah. But I, th- I think they say it in the credit. They might. Yeah. So it's just great that they don't, you know, they just give that factoid of, you know, it would make him the highest paid GM. See, I made one decision on my life based on money. I swore I wouldn't do it again. This is the most... And then then he makes a good argument. Like, it's not about the money necessarily in Boston. Yeah, you're getting paid a lot, but you're going to win there. And you're going to have ownership who's going to support you. And it's a classic franchise. Yeah. Oh, this is just... It hurt. I don't know if it's the acid from the iced coffee I had or the (laughs) story. It's just... It hurts. What a dumb... Oh, Think about it. They're still there. I keep yeah. saying that, but I can't believe it almost. I really want... Oh, my God. This is just... Uh, well, you get it. You get it. I know, but just everything, the fact that we're watching... I mean, this came out in 2011, so we're talking... It came out, what, nine years after the story takes place. But it's almost, and then we're now almost, almost the same amount of time watching it you know, right now, since, you know, of the movie to watching it now, of, you know, this yeah. story to the movie, and the fact that he's saying, a dump, I really want to win in this place, he's still there, still the same stadium, it's just... It still hasn't happened, you're no. right. But you know what, it kind of makes it more romantic, what was that movie with Jimmy Fallon, Fever Pitch, with the Red Sox, yeah. and while they were filming, they won the World Series? Yes. If they would have, and I was, I would say thank God, because if they would have won the next year, that movie means nothing. Yeah, you know, at least they were able to like put it in there. It's this. Is, oh, this but, is the uh, Jeremy Brown guy. So they actually do include it. I forgot. Yeah, but it's just not a big part of the film as it is. Yeah, but this is the this is this is yeah again my favorite. This is probably my favorite mo- moment of the movie. Just this? like this. Well, just the uh, the explanation of it all, oh. and just saying how you know. I completely forgot about this part. Yeah, again, just like great lessons. He's going to go for it. What was the tagline for this movie? Was there one? Hmm, there always is. There always is. Let's see. Moneyball. Based on a true story. It's a great tagline. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's really the only one I'm finding. Yeah. The book's tagline was good. Let me try to see. Moneyball book. Look, even Billy's like, kind of like tearing up a little bit. I mean, he's, at least I, I would know, be his, too. His eyes are, you know... So the book tagline is The Art of Winning the Unfair Game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? I'm sorry, what is it? 
the art of winning the unfair game is the book. I mean, yeah, that, uh, that's yeah, that's a good tagline. But I just love the whole he hit a home run and he didn't even realize it. Yeah, you know, like that's just such a great line. And so, you know, color me wrong. They did bring up Jeremy Brown. <laughs> You're a good egg. <laughs> Isn't it just such a, also, like, I mean, just coming from a total detached, you know, just as, a, as a fan, such such a great, yeah, the fact, yeah, like, this is most likely, yeah, I would yeah. bet money this didn't happen. No. Uh, <laughs> but, but isn't it such a, like, amazing feeling just as a fan to get to stand on a field Oh my god! Right, that's what we bring up. Fever pitch. One of my favorite lines in that is, I, I guess Drew Barrymore. She's the she's the love interest. Yeah. yeah, she runs on the field to like, you know, get his attention. Yeah, and the first thing he asks, he's not like, "Oh my god, you did that." He's yeah. like, how, "How did the field was it squishy?" It was <laughs> <laughs> well. It's just even. I mean, uh, oh, this yeah. always this always confused me a little Why? bit. I love this. What? What confused you? No, not this. Oh. Oh yeah, we can. Yeah. We can, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll share it this makes me cry. Like it really makes me tear up. Yeah. I want to be a divorced father. <laughs> God. <laughs> Do you know? And I know we both love this artist. That originally, um, in the in the screenplay, it was written the the song that was going to play at the end was "Against the Wind." Really, Bob, Bob Seger. Bob Seger. Yeah. I mean, I love that song. I, lo- I love Bob Seger, but I think this is a little bit. Well, it just works on so much her, more because like a, like a girl, it's the daughter, yeah. <laughs> the the lyrics. Just I mean, the show. Yeah, you know, what people call baseball. But I hate that you're such a loser, Dad. This makes me feel so bad. She's not. Come on, you think she's teasing not, him? No, I know, but I'm, it makes me feel bad still. Why? I don't know. You think he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it definitely makes him like think a little bit more. Probably that he's now. a loser. I don't know. Just no, contemplating she, things. They have a playful relationship. We see it in the movie. I know, but it's I don't know. Like you're a dork dad, ha ha. You don't think that your children one day are going to think that you're a bit of a loser or a dork? Kids. I don't want them to <laughs> verbally sing it in a melodic fashion. <laughs> Billy yeah, there Bean we go. Turned down the Red Sox offer for twelve million five hundred thousand dollars. Still a lot of money for yeah. a general manager. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the uh, average salary. Two years later, the Red Sox won their first World Series since nineteen eighteen. Ugh. 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 One of the saddest movies of all time. <laughs> and that's so true. Billy is still trying to win the last game of the season. And again, this movie came out in two thousand fucking eleven, and it's almost. And it's, it's... about two thousand one or two thousand two. It's about 2002, and we are now in 2019. So, so final thoughts on well, Moneyball. We've waxed poetic about final thoughts on Hoffman's performance. Um, it's just it's uh you know it's just like I don't know I don't want to call it subdued, but it's just uh, understated is what yeah it's understated like. and like you said, but like when he's in the background and he's it's you know it very reminds me of in a way. I mean, not like the character but like it's it's similar to one of his earliest roles and obviously a role we 
covered already on this, Scotty J. In yeah. The, in the sense that, like, he it's a small part. I mean, that's much more of an ensemble movie, but he's still integral, and his presence is made, and his, you know, mannerisms are there and are important, and it's just, you know, and like you said, like, he definitely he becomes, like, uh, Billy's... Uh, foil in the movie, and so something that's, you know, he's he's he is necessary, but at the same time, if someone else played him, there's a much better chance that you you wouldn't talk about that character. Yeah, a hundred percent. The fact that we've got Philip Seymour Hoffman, an Academy Award winning actor, and he, you know, what he won best actor with Bennett Miller, the director of this film for Capote. And you have him after that being a lead actor in a lot of movies or playing even, you know, beefier supporting, uh, characters, but this is definitely a, you know, smaller, uh, character for, you know, like later in his career, but it's just, it's still, you can, you can watch him and you learn so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I wrote down... And it's really cool that I got to collaborate with Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, we we, all, we said we almost saw it on Ides of March. Yeah, yeah. We all, he, he, uh, no, 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 we wouldn't have, because he was up, him and, he was almost Paul Zara. Oh, okay. He, okay. he was, Philip Seymour Hoffman replaced Brad Pitt. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The movie would have been too pretty with Brad Pitt and Daddy Goss. <laughs> too much, too much. And, and, Cl- and Cl- Clooney. And Clooney, yeah. Clooneyster, as I call him. I've never called him that before. The Clooneyster. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of the film. So, Kyle, as the credits roll, tell us what's been going on with Foodie Films. Foodie Films? Um, just, you know, it's a lot, a lot of great things. So, since the uh, last time we did this, not not the, you know, do we have, are we calling our in-between episodes anything? Have we referred to them as, but our little, you know, 15th, mi- middle of the month, yeah, off <laughs> stops. But our little, you know, catch-ups with you guys between these uh, monthly episodes, um, I probably shared it then, but have had some... Uh, great guests on, uh, one of them being Pat LaFrida of uh, LaFrida Meat Purveyors, one of the biggest meat distributors uh, to New York and in the country. Uh, great episode, so please check that out. Very insightful. We definitely, I'm changing those. Those, those are being called the, the first cut episodes, these episodes where I have uh, people that are very established in the industry and just have so much that I want to talk to them about about the food industry that we really highlight that and then but we still we still bring movies into it by talking uh um with that I'm doing we we talk two famous food scenes so with the Pat LaFried episode we talked two very different scenes but the uh, Bill the Butcher when he's teaching Leo this is a wound this is a kill this is a wound <laughs> uh and the other scene being the very ridiculous scene but recommended by uh Pat Lafrida and like one of his co-workers reminded him of it the daddy would you like some sausage from Freddy Got Finger <laughs> so two very different scenes but that's what's great that you have two uh you know gangs in New York Scorsese movie uh Daniel Day-Lewis uh, then Tom fucking Green 
and Rip Torn and a, a silly, a silly, silly song and a silly, silly movie. So yeah, that was a great episode and uh, just still putting those in between weeks video content on our YouTube channel. So please check that out. Please subscribe uh, to, you know, to obviously the podcast and uh, to the YouTube channel and that and, and comment and share. And that's just how, you know, I mean, it, it's not, you know, we're watching a baseball movie. It's 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 not a it's not a numbers game. That's not what I'm in it for. But I I want to know what people are into and what you guys are enjoying, what you're not enjoying, and just to make a uh, you know while I'm having fun, I want it to be a great uh, to bring in the word cold again, a, a great product for you guys. So uh, you know, please please share and uh, hope you're in. Just enjoy the show. <laughs> but I'm just. And, of course, I yeah. host High School Slumber Party, a podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. So, basically, talk about the high school movies we watched. And for April, uh, this is coming out April 1st, obviously, tomorrow, so or today in your time, or whenever you listen to it, really. But uh, April 5th, we are talking about Christine. Ooh. So, um, Pet Cemetery, Stephen King's. Well, there's an original Pet Cemetery, but the new Pet Cemetery comes out this Friday. Mm-hmm. So we thought it a good idea to do another Stephen King film. Supposedly, it's a very horrifying movie. The oh, new wow. Pet Cemetery. Christine, actually, pretty good movie. It's about a haunted car, so you wouldn't think so. Yeah, but it's it, a fun but movie. It yeah. is a fun movie. Uh, we have Hackers the next week, also Ooh. a fun movie. And then, you know, I gotta see. I gotta see. We'll be doing an Olsen twin film, New York Minute. Uh, that that's coming up soon, so a lot of Olsen twin talk. In a New York minute. Yeah, that, that's, that's the song from the film. No, <laughs> but a lot of good stuff. I'm um, coming up on a year soon. Wow, Mazel Tov! Also, the 50th episode, I think. Um, oh, is yeah. in April. And wait, and since the last episode, oh, the, the well, with March 1st, yeah, the last time was uh, a a year since. Uh, or, I'm sorry, two years since. P.S. I Love Hoffman started, and it's uh, in April will be a year since P.S. I Love Hoffman ended, but, you know, it's just Our great. first run, yeah. Our first run, but it's great that you guys, that's why we're Yeah, we're still here, we're still doing this, it, yeah. because we love Philip Zimmer Hoffman. Yeah. And before we let you guys go, you can check both those shows out at cageclub.me, or wherever you get your podcasts. But funny, okay, so the credits ended, Yeah. Goes and now menu. you're on the Blu-ray menu, yeah. and I lo- the previews, one Ides of March, which of course, yes. people who like Ides of March probably like this film but Jack and Jill one of your favorite films is a preview of here one of my favorite films <laughs> I love Pacino in that movie and he sings about like it's a great food scene I'm definitely going to include it someday he's uh, I think Adam Sandler I don't know in that movie works in advertising or something like that and he has he's trying to land Al Pacino sinking for Dunkin Donuts and it's it's called Dunkachino and it's, it's <laughs> okay. just, yeah it's just it's speaking of films we won't be talking about Jack and Jill <laughs> no next month but unfortunately not <laughs> but of course you know what movies are the Hoff fans going to vote for for the May 1st PS I still love Hoffman edition yeah so we thought two. We thought two good ones here. We thought two that. Well, we never mind watching a Hoffman film, but two that we definitely are in the mood to see. And the first one is Almost Famous. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit about Almost Famous or what it means to you. Uh, well, actually, well, so interesting uh, thing with that. That's he's playing yet another real life character. True. Yeah. Um, Lester Bangs. Yeah, Lester Bangs. Uh, you know, writer, 
critic for Cream magazine, and uh, it's just a great... A lot of first time people, I mean, a lot of first exposure to Hoffman. Yeah, but it's just a, it's a great, how this is a great, if not the best baseball movie, that might be, like, the best, like, music, Certainly like, up there. rock, you know, Certainly like, uh, movie, and so, yeah, he's just... Some people I say get, it's a high school film, he is in high school. Yeah, I, I would, if I was, if I was show. you, I would totally cover it. Probably cover it on my show. Um, maybe you should queue it up for May 1st, I don't know, if you have time. Well, if uh, that wins uh, the vote. Yeah, if that wins, I'm sorry, yeah, if that wins the vote. But then do um, I have to have you... No, it's okay. I feel like that would mean we talked about the film nah, three fine. times. <laughs> but you can have Mike. I know Mike loves the movie. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's just almost famous. Obviously, it's just I don't know. It's one of those movies. I love it. I mean, we we finish yeah, our show. We with, fin- the line from with it. the line, stay on cool, and it, yeah, it's just it was a great movie to see when we saw it. It came out in 2000. So we're practically, you know, we're around the same age as like the main character of the movie. And it's just a, a, a great coming of age movie. And our main man plays such a great mentor figure in the movie. So it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. And like, like I said, just one of the best like movies about music and yeah, just uh, everyone in that movie is fantastic. Absolutely. And the other movie to, that you Hoff fans can vote for, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Another early Hoff yeah. fan. Tommy, 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 Tommy. 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 <laughs> Mike Manzi, how's the peeping? Tommy um, has the peeping. Tommy has the peeping. Another Tommy, great Tommy, early Tommy. Hoffman role. One of his big breakout roles. Another film that a lot of people say it was the first time they saw him. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I think we got a good. I think and a good actually, you know, and that's and that's a good call because it was just announced recently that there's going to be a talented Mr. Ripley TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Because hmm. it is a book. I know with that episode with uh, yeah, with the other watching. Cage Club co-founder Michael Manzi, we discussed like how there's been a couple other movies and there's a whole book series. You know so. what's funny? Very curious to see who plays that character. Michael Manzi, host of Third Times a Charm, hadn't started Third Times a Charm at that point. You could already tell there he was curious. Yes. About the books. Yeah. Uh, on a film. Just series, and yeah. you know, so Book it makes club, sense. So. Hmm. Yeah. That should be fun too. So whichever one wins, whatever. I think we'll have a good time. So yeah. once again, it's almost, almost famous. famous versus talented Mr. Ripley. And you can vote for that on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page. You can comment on Instagram and our Instagram page yeah. by commenting. P.S. I love Hoffman everywhere. So Kyle, bring us out. Use that almost famous line. Alright, well, just like Billy Bean, stay on cool. Let's go, Mets. I believe in miracles. Where you from? You sex a thing, sex a thing, you. I believe in miracles. Since you came along. Where did you come from, baby? How did you know I needed you? How did you know I needed you so badly?